I could read um, every single uh, direct message I've ever been sent about Luigi from one of my friends. <laughs> about Luigi? You know about what? Go Luigi. ahead. I feel like you have confidence in this. Luigi be like, I'm a number one, comes profusely for 15 minutes straight. <laughs> Let's take Luigi for example. He swings his massive girth and then pisses. Great. Um, awesome. <laughs> Luigi's gambit, you are forcefully circumcised. Um, Why are these all about penis? Where's the well-endowed Luigi cosplayer? Luigi has got that MILF clown pussy. Uh, authentic Luigi placenta, not from concentrate. Luigi sipping cum like it's champagne. Luigi got that sloppy Joe pussy. Luigi voice, oh yeah, that's penis. Luigi's in the balls tonight, bro. Truly, Luigi is in the balls tonight. Uh, <laughs> that was just the same thing twice. No, it, th there was a two-day delay between those messages. <laughs> That was, that was the thing you said, like, right? Like you were starting Trails and kind of with Xenoblade or kind of like, I just don't really like JRPGs that much anymore. RPGs I mean, yeah, I fell off Final Fantasy VII, the original. Yeah. I was replaying that and then I played the prologue of Trails and fell off that. And then I played like half of Xenoblade. That one got the closest. Mm -hmm. And then I fell off that for like five years. <laughs> <sighs> and then Neptu Neptunia was the one that started to pull me back in of all things. Neptunia pulled you back in? Neptunia just when you like thought a, you were out. Neptunia was just like a big movement in the community. <laughs> Good. God. They got, like so and many was, people got on that watch. Yeah, it was it was really really rad seeing that happen. And like I remember Meganet being an event. God, yeah. And Rhett was like the only one that got to play it because he had a PS4. Yeah, I bought the PS. <laughs> I bought the PS. I got the PS4 version like before it was even on Steam for like seven fifty. I was like, oh, huh, okay. Might as well. Might as well. There's a price. I'll buy that. Yeah, I'd buy that for a dollar. Ah! That's exactly where my brain went. <laughs> and then they said, anyways, we're we're not making JRPGs anymore. We're just all shitty, awful feeling action oh, spells. Oh, God. Now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They did. Uh, they did. They did Sega Hard Girls. And then yeah, I did play that one and it was rough. It was. I mean, yeah. that was the that was the. Oh, right, and then there's the 2D yeah. Brave Neptune. Super Neptunia. RPG. Yeah, Neptunia RPG. Yeah. It was very funny seeing a new game and then looking, hearing about it and being like, oh, a bunch of friends are playing that. Look it up. Their one previous game was the was that Paper game? Mario Neptunia. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. What was it? Super Neptunia RPG. Astraya Ascending. Astraya Ascending. Well, at least they didn't go out of bait. Out of business, business I, yeah. I mean, it seemed like people had a pretty good time with that one. So yeah, good that's on the thing. It's like I, the people I know that like that game, like like they like Astraya Ascending. So 
Good on Super them. Dimension, Super Neptunia RPG. Overall reviews, very positive. Astraya Ascending, mixed. Oh, that's that's a little oh, bleak. Wait. Huh. Yeah. That's huh. got to sting a little bit. I don't think I've ever had a quite such a strong, oh, got a bad feeling about this one as like the first 10 minutes of Neptunia ne- RPG. Yeah. <laughs> I bailed on streaming it. Like, I was going to stream, like, the first three or four hours of it just to have fun. And, like, I was in, like, 15, 20 minutes. Like, I don't like anything about how this game feels at all. I still finished it. I don't think it's that bad, but the it starts worse than it actually ends yeah, up, which is weird. That's good because, yeah, that game starting out just feels like utter trash to play. It's, I mean, there's it never, it never really stops feeling like that mobile <laughs> trash. <laughs> it's really like the combat gets a little better and the story carries it. But like yeah. the actual like the way the music was just, you know, because the Neptunia series has very upbeat. Yeah. You know, J-pop music, like synthy stuff. And this one just starting with like, oh, you go out to the canyon and it's like a piano solo and it's just very melancholy. I'm just like, the mood this, is all wrong here. Yes, yeah, it does not work for 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 what this uh, for what this series is mostly known for. <clears throat> I think when you went up to NPCs, they would just say dot 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 because they didn't have dialogue. Yeah, there were a number of those. Just oh, man, incredibly rough. rough around every yeah. edge. Yeah. And they delayed that game for like six months. <laughs> to polish it. <laughs> Video games are a lot. Oofa doofa. Yeah. Video games, huh? Video games, huh? You know what happens sometimes with video games and the internet? People make podcasts about them. They do sometimes, and you wouldn't guess. You'd, you'd never believe what I'm about to tell you is that we are actually going to do one of those. We're going to do we're going to do ourselves a podcast. We are going to do the 156th episode of a podcast. Holy shit. This is just the for the people coming this, from inside the house. This is just for the people at home that <laughs> they're getting the cold open. They're opening on episode 156. And after the first 10 minutes, they're going to go through time and they're going to snap back to episode 1. It's, it's like it's, it's like going to take five. them eight years <laughs> to get back here to find out. Well, what did happen on episode one hundred and fifty-six of the oh, Soxcast? All those dick jokes. They've got, those, they got like so lost, wrong. like lost, like tears in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Like to the people that are in another dimension, like getting ready to to shift backwards here mm-hmm. in a few minutes. They're going to start from episode one. They've got all those fart jokes to look forward to. All those dick jokes. So many things. Big penis energy, right? Come on. Big big iron sword. Big Ron sword. Think of it, man. First off. Okay, wait. So people from the other dimension are listening, right? They're still here. Do you know how to solve a Sudoku? I... We can help you solve the Sudoku. We're going to beam our Sudoku solving energy to you. And that'll save you. (laughs) Gonna take eight years to get there, though. Oh, this is John. A hard, are you just a hard? It's John, a really hard Sudoku. I'm not actually very good. John, at John, I think you were just trying to squeeze a turd out. No, I was me trying to solve a Sudoku across dimensions, but it it was like one of those where like you fill in all the numbers and you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do here. I I don't know. I, there's like some weird logic leap that you're just not seeing. I don't it's understand. Like, Sorry, I don't understand what? Pecross at all. I think it's stupid. I think it's yeah. Stupid. I think. I think it'd be better to send one of those across time. 
Yeah. Look, I'm not the one that chose what what puzzles attached to the dimension bomb that's going to kill us all across several dimensions. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's going to have to solve it. It's not going to be us. We are too stupid. Yeah. We don't don't shoot the messenger in this in this case. Is it like a cool sandwich Sudoku? I like those. There's all these cool variants now. Man, I would like a cool sandwich Sudoku if I like I got a sandwich after solving it. Like you could actually, you could probably. Enough, would that be enough to get you to solve a, you a Sudoku? You could probably convince me if you've got like a really good gourmet honeyed ham. Oh. If you got something like that on the other side of a Sudoku, you could probably look. You got me to do Sudoku when you had really cute girls in ties. Uh, you got me to do ten Sudoku puzzles, a, a grand total of ten, oh. and Helltaker. Um, when you when you promised mm-hmm. me girls in really nice business attire. Mm-hmm. Wait, I think that's a different Japanese word, or you're making a joke. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm not making a joke. I don't know the first thing about jokes. True. You've done a podcast with me for eight years, and you think I know what a joke is? My least favorite Sudoku is when you push the block, and you're just like, I don't know what this word means. Like you have though, it's it's like a really random, really random oh, definition. Like you Bob is no you. Say. Yeah, like Bob is you. <laughs> a real great bit i know right i <laughs> thought you were saying like the... the people from eight years ago aren't going to hear this bit because it's not going to be in the final recording <laughs> <laughs> they've got it they've got to no, shift. They've already, they already died we from the dimension bomb they've we got to shift outside they've got to shift outside the lateral timeline in order to get <laughs> this part of the podcast this is the part of the flow chart that you like you tap yeah. on you tap you have to actually just tap on because the square isn't there it's just you have to get lucky and find it that's how you find this part of the podcast welcome to Soxcast <laughs> episode 156 everybody we are the most- zero escape from our great bits once yeah. you start listening yeah <laughs> yeah we are the miracle of modern jelly and i don't know what that even means but we hope you're doing well. We're going to talk to you about the things that we do for probably the next two and a half to three hours. And we're going to hope that you enjoy partaking. Oh, the people that are eight years from now, are, are they, yeah, they just shifted back. So they, they're not getting the rest of this. The cold open is, uh, is done for them. And they are now arriving mm-hmm. at second one of episode one. Mm-hmm. They're about to learn a lot about Contra. They are. They are. We did talk a lot about Contra in that early, those early days. I mean, Contra rules. The one sense. true video game franchise. It is the mm-hmm. one true video game franchise. Yes, yes. With yes. only two games in it, weirdly enough. Yeah, I know. Like, they, they're solid. Yeah. They're real definitely. good. That's a real good two games. Yep. To my media virtual right, he doesn't want to turn into a glass skeleton and have lizard thoughts. Threat. Hello. Hey. Hey. You, hey. know how, you know how to talk about stuff you've been doing, right? You know how to do that by now? You've kind of, you got a handle My on head's all that? My head's kind of empty. Actually, head kind of empty this week. Yeah, I can feel that. Yeah. Like one of those, I think like this is the episode where me and Brett are both like, you know, I got something I, I've, I've been doing. It's on the, you know, it's not the podcast that I kind of wish I was doing right now. <laughs> not in a bad way. Not that the we all don't. consuming media grind. Yeah, it's the all consuming media grind. The things that I'm doing right now that are very exciting and I want to get back to, but now I have to delay for a day because I got to come here and do three I'm hours. Not... Nah. Nah, that's how you feel. It's okay. It's okay to feel that way. Right? There's no problem. It's not. It's, it's okay. I want to be here with y'all. Yeah, like I'm choosing. To, I I could have been anyone from anywhere, but I chose to be me from right here. 
Oh, so there you go. There you Even go. more than quality gaming is the gaming of friendship. Exactly. Friendship is just a game. Remember that, people. Like when you you, you remember, like friendship is a game. Remember and I'm winning. That you are always competing <laughs> to be someone's best friend. Uh, always be looking at those weekly rankings. Do everything you can to get your points up. Not it is. Get your points up. I don't know what I'm talking about. To my immediate virtual link. left, he broke his little bones on the boulders below. So sorry. It's John Thayer. Hi. Hey. I'm doing okay. I, I 127 hours my way out. That's I'm good. good. Now. That's good. That's not that. That's a lot of hours. I know. It's, it's, it's not a great situation. No. Have, you, see, have like, you seen the movie? I've seen the movie. Okay. I haven't, but I, I, I'm pretty sure it's not a great situation for him. I've not seen the movie. I don't know why I said that I have. That's okay. Yeah. I feel like you pro- I feel like of all the movies, that's probably one where you can get the gist of it from from just the back of the box. About it. Just like get yep. the back of the box, have a look. Yeah, I know how that's going to go. I got a pretty good feeling about that. I, I don't think like- there's going to be some hot twists in this one. Not going to be like a, a, a alternate reality turn yeah, like a little very, bit through. Very passion of the Christy. Uh, I think where you kind of I get it. The, what you get, get what you said on the tin. <laughs> exactly. You just get yeah. You know. You know. You know. You know. You know. But you're doing well, John. From the sounds of it. Yeah, I'm doing a lot better. Doing a lot better. <laughs> Summer. Summer's treating me nicely. Summer's a lot of here. Nice walks. Like the weather is finally broken. We're not having those mornings where I go out and it's 30 degrees and I hate myself. Uh, I realized though that we only have like two seasons now. We literally only have winter. <laughs> yeah. And summer, uh, those, oh, it's not just up here. Yeah, Winter and humid. Yeah, those other two seasons that used to exist, they went somewhere. Let's ask Al Gore since he invented global warming. Maybe he can tell us where those other ones went. He fucking uh, stole them. He stole them. Stolen. He stole them. John Thayer, what the hell have you been doing? Get me out of this. Um, Get me out of of these awful jokes that I keep trying to make, (laughs) and I don't know why. Get me out of this hell. So I, so last off, so I've been on like a weird old Western PC game binge Mm -hmm. since pretty much mid March Mm. after I finished Xenoblade. I think I finished Xenoblade and Final Fantasy IX like back to back, and it was just like I'm I I kind of want non. I, I think I was. I think I was animated out. I think I was thoroughly animated out, and I, I wanted mean, the opposite of that. Yeah, like considering that much anime game intake, it's very understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, from my point of view, not anime enough. Not enough. <laughs> and I was I mean, just yeah, right. Xenoblade a little bit. Final Fantasy Nine, not at all. Nah, that's oh, like five no. percent anime. It's barely five percent anime. Ninety-five percent crappy story. Very, very oh, actually does yeah, not go anime enough. For the sure. story being basically Dragon Ball Z gives it maybe ten percent overall. You are much, <laughs> much kinder than I am. <laughs> um, so that just kept going and going and going, and then it morphed into. So I went from fantasy to quest for glory. So mm. you want to be a hero. So this is the ninety-two remake of an eighty-nine. Um, Adventure game by Sierra. I have never played a Sierra adventure game. Um, I have barely played any adventure games at all. Um, this was a natural segue because Quest for Glory is their adventure game that is also an RPG. 
You get to pick a class at the start. You can pick between a fighter, a thief, or a mage. And all the puzzles have different solutions depending on what your class is. Your stats actually matter. You can level up. You collect money. You get equipment. There's boss fights. Um, but also, it's a point-and-click adventure game. It's a genre, very early mm-hmm. genre hybrid. It's, uh, it's two great tastes that go well together, right? <laughs> um, honestly, fuck yeah. <laughs> honestly, oh. I really like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you bitched so, a lot about it. I bitched. Yeah. A lot about this. <laughs> John so, John Twitter feed versus reactions afterwards always amuse me because it's like during the play, God fucking damn it, I've I been mean, stuck for three hours, fuck this shit. And then afterwards, oh I had such a delightful time with is this, this. Is this really <laughs> is this really all that different from the poly cycle? <laughs> it's more extreme. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I think John's I don't might think be more, it's extreme. more extreme. I don't think that's necessarily more extreme. I think it is. I'm recognizing. You see, my first. I was frustrated because I wanted to get to a point where I could see the version of me that was having a good time, and I wanted to get to the, become that person. And I was frustrated with myself. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't frustration with the game. It was frustration that I couldn't get there because I knew. If I couldn't get there, then I was just closing myself off to all of these other games because my frustrations weren't with Quest for Glory in particular. It was with adventure game shit in general because adventure games are fucking hard. They can be like they're based on they're based on logic that, you know, you've got to like if you play if you play an adventure game that is largely crafted by one person, I think you come away from that game knowing a bit about that person and how their brain works. And you learn very quickly that not everybody's brain works on the same kind of logical through lines as as everybody else, or that you might be Mm, running on. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it is probably the hardest kind of video game resistance for me to deal with, is kind of adventure game logic. And more, more than that, adventure game logic where you're in a big world... And it's not really clear immediately what you need to be doing to mm-hmm. be progressing. Because then the possibility space just gets so big. And trying to keep it all in your head is... It, it's terrifying. Because I'm just walking around just like, I'm missing something. I'm fucking missing something, you dumb piece of shit. Why are you missing something? I don't understand. Um, and so for Quest for Glory, I spent like an hour and a half like mapping out the entire game world in an Excel spreadsheet... Um, taking meticulous notes on everything, mm. um, solving a couple puzzles, feeling pretty good about myself. And then I got stuck. Oh, no. And I got stuck. And then I got stuck for like two days of like oh, extended sitting. Shit. So, so, you know, like three hours, like two, like two hours of like concerted walking around. Like, what do I fucking do? What am I, the fuck am I supposed to do? I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm dying. Um, and then it, then something clicked. And then that leads to a bunch of other things clicking and a bunch of other things clicking. And then it's, oh my God, this is, this is, I'm in, I'm a super genius. This is the best. I'm in heaven. I'm, I'm stuck again. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of like a common. And then two more days. I feel that that's like the most common way people go. Like you're getting a very authentic experience with these kind yeah. of games because of that. I think the deal is. For me, like when I'm, gr- if I spend two hours grinding against an action game boss, um, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. I don't see that. My brain doesn't parse that as like wasted time. It's just like because I'm, I have that sense of continuous progression. Mm. 
when I'm stuck for two hours in an adventure game, my brain is just like the Why hours in your life are ticking away. I'm stupid. I'm missing something. Um, it's not that I'm, I'm not making progress. I'm stuck mm-hmm. when really the process of being stuck and running around, experimenting, find, taking more notes, getting more information. That is the process. That is how you arrive at this next fit, the sure. next solution. Um, my brain is just like, if I don't get it immediately, then I'm stuck because I'm stupid and I miss something instead of the point is to be stuck for a while. The point is to, mm. and then you have that big euphoria moment and it feels really good. Um, I, <laughs> I was, I, I think combined with shit in the world, this, I got like low <laughs> at a certain point when I was really stuck oh, no. and the next, and the next day I was like, okay, this is, this probably isn't good. And then I, I looked at some hints and the one thing that was keeping me stuck was so fucking obvious. If oh, I just no. looked at the one thing, it was like, I got a key and I needed to use a key in the room that was next to the key. And it said, I walked out and I used the key on every single door in the entire <laughs> world. Just like, is this it? No. Is this it? No. And then I, I complained about it on Twitter and someone said, Oh, don't worry. That is the right door. You just need to up your strength stat. And they were fucking wrong. They were lying. Oh, they were completely no. full of shit. What? Uh, and that just got me that much. They weren't lying. They just got it mixed up because they probably played the game 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was just, and that just sent me even more lost. <laughs> and then I finally looked at the hint and I was just like, you piece of shit. I hate you. But also I, myself. So it was an emotional arc <laughs> with this game. Um, Cause I was just like very authentically frustrated, which I'm not usually doesn't usually happen with me playing games very often. Mm. Um, certainly not with like action games. Um, and I had a moment where I was just like, is this how friends feel when they're complaining about dark souls or whatnot? And I'm just kind of off to the side, get good. <laughs> Is this how, so that's what that feels like. Mm. Be smart. Um, yeah, just, just you know, be smart. Just be smart. Just get it. Um, so I got so fucking mad after I beat it. The The ending was great, by the way. It was a really, it's a really cute story. Um, it's just like, the, there was a number of nice little turns. The RPG stuff um, made it harder because it just adds to the cognitive load because at near the beginning of the game, I threw a rock at a nest because I wanted to knock the ring that was out of the nest and the rock missed. And I was like, well, guess that's not the solution. But you have a stat in your stat screen that is throw. And at the start of the game, it was very low. And as I progressed, I raised the throw stat a bunch. And then I threw a rock at the nest again or I threw a dagger at the nest. And then it fell out. And I was like, oh, my throw stat wasn't high enough. Of course. That makes sense. How could you have been such a fool? (laughs) <laughs> there's things about this one in particular like having stats having different classes yeah. that i haven't heard of any adventure game doing besides that seems this like, was yeah oh, this was yeah. this was not a good beginner's adventure no yeah. this is not what i would have directed you to if you would have My asked only... me about adventure games <laughs> sorry polly um well you see the crpg addict blog oh. said that this was had the, the 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 critical flaw of quest for glory is that it has baby easy puzzles that are way too easy and i read scorpia's review from 1989 it's like well the puzzles are very are a little juvenile it's a good beginner's game and i was like oh well this will be a good one for me to jump in with 
It was not a good beginner's adventure game. No. And you know how I know that? Because I immediately downloaded a fucking beginner's adventure game. I played Loom by LucasArts. Yeah. And it's so nice. See, that's the one I would have probably given you to go with it first. Yeah, there's no there's no dead ends. There's no dying. You have a very you have like five, you have like six verbs you learn throughout the game. Yeah. You and it's linear. All the puzzles are solved like within the the area you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like you're in this one area. It has five screens. Solve the puzzles within this screens. Okay, now you progress to the next one. Instead of Quest for Glory, where it's like, here are the five things you want to accomplish in this game, and you're going to go ten hours before you even scrape at any solving any mm-hmm. of them, and then you're going to solve all of them at once. Oh, <laughs> which is a lot more scary. Yeah. Loom is just yeah. like constant. Regular reinforcement. Yeah. It's also extremely pretty. I played the original EGA version because I looked at nice. screenshots and it was prettier. It came with a 30-minute audio drama. It's like extremely committed to its fiction in mm-hmm. a way that's really adorable. Um, I, I think it feels a little truncated at the end. It feels like they didn't quite get to tell the whole story that yeah. they wanted to. Um, that's probably my main criticism of it. I still think Quest for Glory is sort of a, a fuller story, all in all. Um, but Loom was very nice for my ego coming yeah. right off of <laughs> yeah. Quest for Glory. It, what, one thing annoying is that there's like one genuinely really hard puzzle at the start um, that's very lateral thinking, mm-hmm. and that's the one puzzle I got spoiled when I was reading through it. And I was like, I could have, I bet I could have, but I don't know. Am I still? Am I actually good at adventure games? I don't know. And then I went and played Pajama Sam. No need to hide when it's dark outside, which is literally a game for eight year olds. Baby's and it's an adventure first game. ARPG. Baby's first a- baby's adventure first game. Adventure game. John with the slider, difficulty slider. Turn it down. Turn it down. Turn it down. Okay, it's at the bottom. Okay, here we are. Like a price and is right. In ninety minutes, in one sitting. Yeah. Easy game for babies. Yes. Adventure I mean, games are easy. Literally. And I had it as a kid. I had it as an eight-year-old, and it was too hard for me. So oh. coming back to it, it was like redemption for past John. Um, literally going back and throwing past John. Games. Literally going back and throwing past John in a garbage can. Be like, what's wrong with you, you little idiot? God, you're totally <laughs> worthless. Why are you even growing up? No, you just spent- put the you just put the wood in the water so the boat knows that wood floats so it feels okay getting in the water. Duh! It's easy. Duh! You've got to send those solutions back through time now. There you go. Just ship those on back. <laughs> Pajama you- Sam actually has randomly generated solutions depending on your playthrough. They yeah. they shift around all the puzzles. Yeah, that's it's actually really cool. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. They can do it because it's easy enough and the logic is simple enough. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's still yeah, yeah. very it's still a very cute. Mm-hmm. Um, also, all of the environments you click around, and almost any place you can click on the screen will have like a cute animation. Yeah, it's very a lot endearing. of things to keep you occupied. So, uh, and it had a cute, nice story. So I, I got to the end of. The, I was kind of scared of it as a kid. It was kind of a freaky game because uh, it starts with you. The kid is afraid of the dark, and he's afraid of the darkness in his closet. So he opens his closet at night to prove that he's not afraid and then falls into a portal into an alternate world where people steal his flash trees, steal his flashlight and he's lost and alone. And I was just like, Oh God, you got to play the, the second game even scarier because he's got to go to school and not get beat up because his name's fucking pajamas, J- pajamas. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, I thought the sequel was called Delta rune. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I played like half of Beneath a Steel Sky mm-hmm. and I solved a bunch of puzzles and I felt very big brained and mm-hmm. I got to a point where I was like, okay, I think I'm adventure gamed out for a while. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a mm-hmm. genre that unless like the fiction and, and, and like the writing is like really super there, it's really mm-hmm. easy for me to burn out on. Like I can only play like one and if it's not like and if the writing isn't super good in an adventure game, I can't. I likely won't yeah. finish it. Like it's a genre where it th- those games have to catch me like real good with a strong start be real mm-hmm. like have real good writing or be real funny or have a real good hook up front or i just like i'm probably yeah, yeah. gonna burn out i think that's fair I um i have a old, go ahead Rhett. the only ones i've ever really gotten into were the telltale ones yeah which are like uh, which are like extremely low on the difficulty scale they're yep. literally just movies for the most part i mean they used to be at least attempting to be adventure games like back to the future and the uh, future has a lot of great stuff in it yeah walking dead season one and then i played walking dead season two in that point it was just like no it's just a movie now yeah yeah (laughs) you make choices that's it there's no puzzles like literally that's funny yeah i played walking dead season one ages ago um the, the the only other real adventure game i played point like classic point and click adventure game was mist uh, I played Mist one as a yeah. kid. I played Mist on the Saturn. <laughs> oh wow! Well, you know what's nice about Mist? You can't die. You can't get stuck. There's no. There's no inventory. The only verb is click on click shit. Click on shit. It's so nice. It's Man, so like, chill. Imagine like being the guy that thought of my game is just click on shit and then making billions of dollars. Yep. Uh, Here's some also, pretty photographs. Oh, click on them. There you yep. go. That's yep. my I mean, game. It's real nice. It's for real like, gentle. Wasn't that like 91 or something? It looked pretty good for the time, I think. I it's remember gorgeous. my neighbor. So I remember my neighbor in like 93 getting a yeah. CD-ROM in his computer, throwing in mist and shitting my pants. So, yeah. yeah. It's so pretty. I mean, from the era when Donkey Kong Country was like, whoa, CG graphics on a Super Nintendo. Like, yeah. I, I get why Mist was impressive, and also I also remember there being a bunch of articles like this isn't a real video it game. It isn't a real video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even back then, a lot of gatekeeping, Eternal. a lot of weirdo gatekeeping. Oh, women like this one. Yeah, not women a game. like this one, so it's not a game. God, that's funny. One more thing, Mist is divided nicely into a bunch of sub subcontained levels. Yeah. So yeah. any puzzle is only going to be relevant within a within limited subset limited of the game space. world. Yeah, that's yeah. really smart design. Tr- which is not true of Riven, and Riven is terrifying bad. to me. Yeah, Every time Riven I've tried is, yeah. it, I'm like, nope, sorry. Yeah, Riven is bad. Yeah. Too hard. I don't I like played, Riven. I played Mist on Saturn, and then I did get Riven for PC and was just like what even yeah, <laughs> like you walk around the whole thing and go, where do I even begin to tug on the string? It's too yeah. much. I, I don't like it at all. I, I believe that there's a good journey to have there, but it's one, it's definitely something where you like run around taking notes for yeah, 20 for hours every before, before screen, anything, like before anything starts to click. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I consider that I'm not, I'm not there no. <laughs> maybe someday, but I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not there. Yeah. Um, that's good to know you had that arc with it too mm-hmm. just yeah. like this is scary y'all both had this arc, that arc yeah with it. yeah i remember trying to play ribbon back in the day and just being like i i just i don't what my brain just shut down <laughs> mm-hmm. that's me every time it's like two hours walking around make 
just zero headway. Just like, I don't even know where to begin. I can't. I'm sorry. (laughs) I think like the last like modern maybe adventure games that I enjoyed, I like Dropsy. Uh, because mm-hmm. it, 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 yeah. it like it used a it just used a visual language. It had no yeah. like actual words or anything in it. It just used like little iconography that you had to kind of put together to, to solve puzzles. And I remember liking the Edna and Harvey games, but I don't know oh, nice. if they'd hold up now. I right shortly after you try you to play Dropsy, um, mm-hmm. I played it. And then I had to quit because it was too hard for me. <laughs> oh, weird! That was like the, that was the that was the last time I think I tried an adventure game before um, before this one. And oh, I, I also played the first Homestuck game, and I had to use a guide. It was too hard for me. Mm. <laughs> this was like my first my actual first like foray. actual foray since missed like twelve years ago. So it, was, it felt really good. I think train do, starting with the Sierra one was like. That's a, the weighted the the super gravity planet from DBZ because I went to the LucasArts yeah. game and was like oh this is so nice oh what a cute oh, little you. thing for babies <laughs> oh thank you thank you thank you so I, I, my my next one I probably want to do is Monkey Island I think oh I'm, yeah I'm ready Monkey for that. Island Day of the Tentacle Maniac Mansion mm-hmm. I think those games would treat you real well yeah I think I'm. like that yeah, Lucas right. that LucasArts run in the nineties is just like Grim Fandango. Grim Fandango, I've got that on my phone. There you go. Yeah, that you're going like if you just want to play some like solid shit with like a lot of really great, fun, funny writing and really clever mm-hmm. puzzles. Those games are it. It's it was extremely funny reading. So the creator of Maniac Mansion and Monkey Island wrote a big piece on his blog. And he finally posted in like 2004, but he wrote it in like '89. '89. It was why yeah. why oh. adventure games suck. <laughs> And he talks basically just shit talking Sierra games. Yeah, basically like, 10 like paragraphs. All, all games that have like these hard ass fail states where you can fuck up like in the yeah. early like you didn't grab this thing on the first screen of the game. You can't beat the game now. Yep. Um, and then in the loom manual, there's like five paragraphs that are just shit talking Sierra games. Nice. It's It makes it, it like. It sparks a little bit of a contrarian impulse in me because I'm just like, well, I like Quest for Glory. I mean, in Quest for Glory, all the hard, all the dead ends are very telegraphed. And you right, know how to reload. Right, right. Like, why are you being such a baby? I don't understand. <laughs> um, so there, there's a couple of Sierra games I'm really interested in. The Gabriel Knight one looks really cool. Um, but the, the LucasArts one seemed like more for, again, helping my ego. Get, get feeling more comfortable with <laughs> The LucasArts with this stuff appeals way more to me because I feel like a lot of the Sierra stuff is just rooted in, I'm fucking medieval Dungeons and Dragons, Sir Dunkeldorf of Refinery. <laughs> like, uh, get this crap out of here. Casey has an obvious, I'm just not a fan of, like, hard fantasy settings. Yeah. yeah. Which I am trying to, which I'm enjoying a lot. Um, we can talk about more about that later, I think. But, um, uh, King's Quest. I try. I started King's Quest Four: The Perils of Rosella. Yeah, uh, which is the one they made, where it's like, what if the princess went on an adventure? And it was, it was honestly a really cute intro. It was like a six-minute intro. It was really interesting for like an '80s game. Nice, nice, nice. Um, so yeah, that was my that was my adventure game journey. I have one other video game. I, I think I can chew through quickly and then pass it on. Okay. Um, but I played Gunvolt Two. Hmm. Mm. Um, I got I I s fully s ranked Gunvolt two, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't like this one as much. 
Yeah, this seemed to kind of not be landing as much with you yeah. as, as the first one did. Yeah, I got I got I got shit talked. I got told to get good a couple times by Gunvolt fans what? on Twitter about it because I kept complaining. Are, are there are there few enough Gunvolt fans that they see they name search it? Oh yeah, Gunvolt. Like, oh yes. Is anybody talking about Gunvolt today? Oh yes, there there we go. Oh yes, the Gunvolt. Oh, he doesn't like it. Fuck you. And they're really looking the for the person is, like John who's saying maybe this isn't one hundred percent ironclad, fantastically developed. So they get to go, get good, nerd. <laughs> Which again, like John, I'm getting, I'm, getting, yeah. I'm getting a lot of taste of my own medicine this week, it feels like. I Oof. mean, yeah, you kind of deserve it. A little bit. It's, it's, it's humbling. It's like, okay. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. 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 Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, this was really instructive for me. Um, I, I've been thinking, I watched your um, stream about the... The, that really jank Adams family platformer. <laughs> yeah. And just kind of thinking a lot about like hard in a bad way. What does that mean? Like, what does it mean to be hard in a, in a way that is not adding to the action game experience? Like no telegraphs, and, everything is adversarial. There's no like yeah. actual pacing to the level. Things like yeah, that. Exactly. Th- things like that. And, and that's helped me a lot kind of think about, I'm realizing that in a lot of ways, like the games that the hard games I really like are actually like very forgiving and gentle in smart ways that you don't really notice. Like I got really into Mushihime Sama, um, which is my first cave shmup and I, and I, and I cleared it. And most of that is, that is very telegraphed and you can learn and you get a lot, all those bombs and they, they do a whole lot to make that game very streamlined and, approachable for people that don't necessarily know bullet hells. Um, it's still very fast and intense. Um, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of pacing and kindness there. The first two stages are really easy. There's a lot of pacing and kindness there and how it ramps up. Um, and I think Gunvolt is very good at, and Gunvolt one, all basically all the bosses are built in such a way that you can S you can, clear them without taking a hit at the end of a five minute stage. Yeah. Pretty reasonably. Like it's, that's still very hard. Um, but it's very, it's very doable. They have good right, patterns. The, ta- the, yeah. the attacks are well telegraphed in that game. Uh, yeah. Like that game is really just well designed top to bottom. Yeah. Um, there's like one boss attack that is where it has like this insanely tight reaction window. And yeah. I'm just like, Oh, and um, there's one that's like has a bullet hell section that people really love to complain about. Mm. Um, I I got pretty good at it. I liked it, but only because it was like the only boss like that. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Gunvolt two. So the the good thing of Gunvolt two is that you play as Copen, who's like the rival from the first game, mm. um, and he feels fucking great to play as, um, which is which rules because he's the person you play as in L- Luminous Avenger X. Yeah. Um, so you, that's, you, that's you compared it to me uh, when you, when you talked to me about it. You you presented Copen as a treasure character, where it, very similar to maybe Rocket Knight, where you just kind of get that feeling of bounding around and it feeling really good. Yeah, and in, in with Gunvolt, you tag enemies with your gun and then you electrocute them to get combos. Yeah. With Copen, you air dash really fast like rocket knight fast rebounding off of walls to tag enemies then you kill them 
And then if you tag another enemy by tackling into them before touching the ground, you keep your combo going. So the goal is to dash through the stages um, without touching the ground, tagging enemies and killing them. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels fucking great. <laughs> um, if you, you have a, you have a limited number of air dashes. Um, but if you tag hit an enemy with the air dash, then you don't spend an air dash. And if you bounce off a wall, then you don't spend an air dash. You only spend an air dash. If you just go straight into the air and don't hit anything. Mm. So if you can, you can kind of choreograph your way through these levels just dashing into enemies. You go so fast, bouncing around on walls, figuring out how to avoid the different obstacles, figuring out how to, oh, don't be careful there, there's spikes. Um, and it feels fucking great. <laughs> it's really fun. Um, that's for the stages. For the bosses, it doesn't make a huge difference, I think. Um, and the boss fights are really where I kind of struggled with this one um. because they're all just a pain in the ass. <laughs> Um, I played it for like 10 hours without feeling like I like gotten any of them. Mm -hmm. Like the, you can, you can mush your way through just killing them. Um, eat pretty easily, like pretty, pretty much every boss. You can just get through, soak up, tank a couple attacks. You got your pervasion. It's pretty easy. Um, and if you do well in the comboing in the stage, you can do that and then still get the S rank. Um, so I just kind of like, okay, every single boss, the attacks just come out so fast. They're not telegraphed at all. They have really tight reaction windows. They have really tight movement windows. You have to like, it's nowhere to stand for this attack. Nowhere to be on the screen before this attack comes out. Mm. And that's like, and it's not one boss. It's like every boss. That was the ethos that they took going to the boss design in this game, which is just really different from Gunvolt one, which had a lot of breather bosses, which had a lot of easy bosses. Mm-hmm. Um, the intense ones felt really intense. Um, and even then they like didn't usually get like that strict with like, you have to know where to be right. on the screen for this. Um, there I'm okay with that. I'm okay with memorizing, memorize ups. Basically. I like art type. I like, Parts of Contra, I think, do that. Yep, absolutely. Um, and that's the entirety of Hardcore and Shattered Soldier, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, but it's there. There's an ebb and flow to it in those games, and there's an ebb and flow to it in R Type. Yeah, yeah. And there's an ebb and flow to it in Gunvolt uh, when the bosses do. There's an ebb and flow to it in Mega Man Zero, which is really good about this. Um, and I don't know. It just kind of wound up feeling like a ROM hack almost. Oof. Like, Oof. <laughs> like a like lost level like. Gunvolt lost levels. Oh like we here, we made, doofa. we made, we made. We're going to assume that you have fucking mastered Gunvolt one. Here are a bunch of, here are a bunch of bosses that are not necessarily going to be fun for casual play, but maybe if you can really sink your teeth into them and really figure them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the most telling thing about the change in Gunvolt 2's approach here is. The S rank and S plus ranks are much, much more lenient. Um, Gunvolt 1 is insanely strict with S plus ranks. I beat an entire stage of Gunvolt 1 without taking any damage, without using any checkpoints, keeping my combo going the whole stage, used the special weapon on the boss, had the equipment <laughs> that raised my score, and still got an S rank. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. 
I'm not good enough for this. I'll come back after I play X. Um, Gunvolt 2, you can get them much, much easier. The S ranks are almost like annoyingly easy because you get them like on your first attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, if you played Gunvolt 1 and got pretty, pretty close to it. Right. Um, and I think the really telling thing is that they changed the score system where in Gunvolt 1, in the original version, the only option was what's now called the fearless kudos mode, where if you take a hit, your combo ends. You lose all your points. Ooh. And you have to cash in your points to... You can cash in your points by using a special attack or hitting the checkpoint. Um, the best way to get points is to do the whole stage without taking any hits and then cash them in at the very end. Yeah, That's Gunvolt 1. That's how that was the score system it was built around and the levels and bosses match that because you can beat them consistently. Gunvolt 2 changes that where the default score system, um, you don't lose your kudos. You don't lose all your kudos when you, the, there's the gutless version where you don't lose all your kudos, at all, you lose your kudos at all when you take hits. Um, there's cautious where you have to take three hits to lose all your combos and then there's Fearless, which is just like mm-hmm. Gunvolt 1. And you can still get S-plus ranks playing on Gutless. Oh, wow. Um, so they changed the score system to be like, yeah, yeah, we know you can't really just no-hit these stages. Yeah, yeah, we know. Mm-hmm. Sorry. sorry. It feels like Maybe a they bad do- concession to make. Yeah. It feels like they realize, like, this isn't reasonable. We can't ask people to know hit these stages. So. We made a Euro game. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Yep. It feels like the kind of Euroed it up. Feels like the kind of Euro schmupped to up Gunvolt a bit. Yeah. And I didn't quite, didn't fully. I, I believe you can consistently learn all these boss patterns. I believe it. Um, It just isn't. You, you just don't get that immediate reinforcement. You go through it, and it just, like you said, it feels kind of adversarial. Yeah. Um, and I immediately went back to Gunvolt 1 and learned a couple stages really closely. And I was like, wow, this is so much more fun. Aww. So I, I'm very excited for Ix. I think that one's going to treat me better uh, based on some things I've heard from friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to play Sculpin the whole time. I'm really yeah. excited about that. Um, there's one thing at the very end of Gunvolt 2. Yeah. Right, do you think I should just spoil it? It's very good. I mean, the game is like, what, three or four years old at this point? Yeah, it's it's older it's than that, It's a really even. funny continuation of something that they kind of do in the first game. Yeah. So you know how um, you, um, when you when you hit a certain combo threshold, your your friend starts playing, your, your idol friend starts yeah. playing, singing a song? Yeah. Um, for the final boss fight, you're separated from your idol friend, but right before the fight starts, she says... The song is still in your heart. In your heart. Yeah. And then the boss has a has a paralyzing attack near the very end in the last phase. And Gunvolt remembers those words. The song is in your heart. And then the game prompts you to start singing into the 3DS microphone oh along with karaoke lyrics at the bottom of the screen. God, yes. And that's what frees you to let you start fighting the boss again. Very good. That's a very that's top notch use of the hardware yeah. right there. So good. They they do it in a smart way on the PC version too. 
they they detect if there's a microphone, and then if they if there isn't, then it uses the attack from um Copen's version of the fight. That's which very is just a cool. Normal, cool attack. That's very cool. Rest just like why isn't there a Simpo Gear game like this? I want a Simpo Gear game, so but you God. but you have to sing in order to fight. Mm. <laughs> and I that want Rhett so to stream. Difficult. And, I, and I want Rhett to stream the whole thing. That's John. John sent me a video of this this moment in Gunvolt Two, and the song was in Japanese, and I'm just like, oh hell no. <laughs> yep, it's his Romaji lyrics at the bottom of the screen. Oh, that's good. Right. I think that kills it a little bit. It, a little difficult for English speakers to pull that off. <laughs> I of mean, if it's going syllable by syllable, it's probably not that bad. Well, also you can just blow into the mic. Yeah, like it's, it's not it's really. It's mic. It doesn't it, really. Yeah. No, it doesn't pick <laughs> up the lyrics. You can just. Yeah, like you can just literally, and it'll pick it up. Well, that sounded weird. It probably did. That's funny. Discord so I, was like, I ain't having none of that. Yeah. Yeah, Discord actually like kills that shit when you do it. But the but the, yeah, but, the, but the folks at home, the folks at home probably got a nice earful. Good. Oh, right. The <laughs> So Gunvolt's tone is just so fucking funny because it's so fucking tuny and really like weirdly harem-y. It it <laughs> it reminds oh, me of Sword Art Online. It is like, all constantly. anime right now. It it feels yeah it's so it feels trashy compared to Mega Man Zero, <laughs> like I I'm here for it. It's it's dumb. It's dopey. Yeah, yeah, yeah The yeah. writing of these games is dopey. I, I I'm enjoying it, but it's 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 very funny. So yeah, I'm I'm enjoying the Gunvolt Adventure. I'm still very excited for X, but yeah, this one this one a mm, little bit of a miss for for little bit of a miss for me. I'm mm. wondering how Gunvolt Three turns out. Okay, John, r- real quick. Which has Go better relationships, Gunvolt or Sword Art Online? Sword Art Online. Ooh. There's not enough. There's not enough time. There's you not get, really you get, any time okay. to develop. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. It's they. I. I it probably doesn't matter. The they they kill off the lady character at the end of the first game. And then but then her soul is still alive in Gunvolt and she's kidnapped at the start of the first game. At the second game, her soul is taken out of Gunvolt with magic and then kidnapped again. Mm. Oh, so she's kidnapped and then killed and then brought back to life so she can be kidnapped so again. She can be kidnapped again, yeah. And then Copen also has a sister character who's also his, his his idol that sings along, and she's also kidnapped. Yep. And then killed. Great. And then brought back to life. And it's like, okay, you y'all have a specific mode for writing the ladies in these games. Oh dear. So, Gun- Gunvolt's a journey. So that is my; those were my two big video game journeys over the last three weeks. It's meteor when you have three weeks. It huh? is. There's so much you can pack in in three weeks. Mm. Uh, that was just the stuff I wanted. Felt really felt like talking about. All right, Brett. Hey, what have you been up to, friend? Uh so on at the towards the end of the last podcast, I ranted about Rogue Legacy for like half an hour. <laughs> Good. And I came out of that one refreshed and thinking, yes, I am 100% done with that game. Like right? I had moved, moved it out of my favorites on Steam. Like you, I am, you have, you perished it. You, you processed it on the podcast so you could finally let it go. Yep. I've had those and then, moments. And then I remembered, I forgot something that the game, it's not quite accessibility options. They call it house rules. House rules. That allow you to tweak things like how much damage the enemies do, how much health they have. And like one of them is like, make it so enemies don't damage you when you touch them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you can just walk through enemies. You know, 
diff- it is a difficulty modifier, so I was like, all right, I am 100% done with this game. Let's play around with those a little bit. Let's sc- see if we can sculpt an experience that yeah. feels right for me. So, given how I was so mad about the difficulty, I just went, I pushed those sliders as far as they would go, which was not, like, a true accessibility mode would let you just put them to, like, zero. Mm-hmm. This was like, okay, enemy damage is half, and enemy HP is half. That's as far as it'll let you go. Yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. do the one where enemies don't damage on contact, because that does... They they have a thing in there. It says, like, warning, this will make the game extremely easy. We <laughs> recommend, if you turn this on, turning the others up 20%. Like, oh my god, just let people play how they want. So there's some people who like here know that abstractly that they're supposed to have these kinds of options now, but they don't want to. So then they do it and they're really passive aggressive about it. Begrudging, yeah. 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 I think once it it puts a thing on your screen at all times, it says house rules activated or something. God, that's funny. Yeah. Like, like even Celeste, when you use its accessibility stuff mm. felt a little like, come on guys. They, they changed the language. They, oh, did pe- they? they th- yeah, they heard about the criticism. Yeah, because I remember when they, I played it, it was just like, look, this is not how we intended that you play the game, so we'd Ooh. really prefer you not do it, because that would be a real jerky thing to do to compromise our vision. But if you Oof. want to turn it on, whatever, <laughs> I guess. Whatever. No, yeah, Cre- credit worth credits, too. They definitely changed okay, the language Okay, I didn't know they that. changed yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like it does not. <laughs> it did not. It's, it's not that bad, but it is a little... The I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... Enemy damage half, enemy HP half. Went went through the rest of the game that way. I will not lie. It was extremely easy. Like, obviously. <laughs> but I, I saw the rest of the content. I got to the last world. Did the, you know, trio of bosses at the end. I was like, okay. This was easy. But it didn't feel like completely broken easy. Let's try New Game Plus. And this was Sunday night. This was immediately after the podcast. I played for like five hours or something ridiculous and beat New Game Plus. And New Game Plus with those difficulty modifiers being... Ah, again, I just want to stress how far I'm pushing these. Half enemy damage, half enemy HP. Which mm-hmm. means that like if I finish a boss fight at one HP, that means the boss would have been at like 25% down health <laughs> because it's dying twice as fast. And I'm dying twice as slow. Mm-hmm. Like the scale is just so massively tilted in my favor. Yeah. And new game plus was still like right around where I would want the difficulty to be. And that <laughs> felt a little fucking crazy. Yeah. God. <sighs> so I had a good time on new game plus with, you know, super baby easy mode. And then I hit new game plus two so the thing about this is that there's a true ending. I'm never going to get that true. Because, again, they designed, they saw Hades and were like, let's yeah. do that. Uh-huh. Hades, I think you have to beat 10 times to get the true ending. Yeah. And, the, right. and, then there's like, and then there's like a 100% ending where you do literally everything, which takes hundreds of hours. But the true ending in Hades is 10 clears. Uh, in Rogue Legacy 2, the true ending is like 8 clears. I'm not going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Rogue Legacy is a far more boring game than Hades. Uh, to to yeah. ask that of the player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So New Game Plus Two again, difficulty slash down. Start to feel exactly like the game did to begin with on right. the original difficulty. 
because that's the problem with it is that it's it's so transparently just numbers now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I can do a run, get 20,000 gold, upgrade a bunch of stats, and tilt things a little bit towards my favor, do another run, get more gold, tilt it a little, until you break through, and then it gets hard again. You know, it's just, you're just walking the same line over and over of like, oh, it's mm-hmm. too hard now, it's too easy. And it's just like, the game isn't diverse enough to justify, I think, that level of commitment from yeah, the player. Yeah. Cause there there are mods, again, another Hades thing of like when you do a new game plus you choose certain things to make harder, like yeah. more you know, more champion versions of enemies or something. More yeah. like make the castle like twenty percent bigger so the areas take longer. And then like there are alternate biomes for each world. And those are things that you have to get to like new game plus three or four to unlock. And it's just oh, weird that they put Lock some that. of the more interesting stuff so deep into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got one more good night out of it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put this one to the bed before I just fucking hate it all. <laughs> <again>. <laughs> it's kind of wild how much I feel like there's a lot of a video game that is like, I'm trying to find the the balance of this that feels right to me whether it's mm-hmm. like whether it's like the house rule stuff or even just like using saves using a walkthrough do i all these all these things yeah it's diff, difficulty mod difficulty settings it's it, there's a point where i'm kind of like or i'm trying to kind of like because i because i had that moment where like for like an hour and a half at the start of gunvolt one where i was just like mm-hmm. trying to find how to play it in a way flailing around nice. Hoping yeah. for the best, trying to like, what am I not getting? Yeah. So I'm trying to just be like, all right, this is just kind of part of the process. Mm-hmm. Let's engage. Let's figure it out. I definitely struggle whenever I go back to older games. Like, you want a save state, but that makes it so fucking easy. Yeah. So it's like you're kind of missing the point when you just oh start of a level save and then okay mm. do it do it perfectly save do it do it in the next segment perfectly save you know. <laughs> Just, I had, I think I probably had a benefit for that because I, I had emulators from like age eleven, so I was like, and emulators and game packs from like age eleven, yeah. um, so I like immediately went back to all the games I couldn't beat as a kid, like Super Metroid and yeah. went to the past, and then yeah. was like, oh, this is easy now. Um, so I did that for like eight years, and then <laughs> kind of realized like, okay, this is this is a little boring now. So yeah, I you probably, seem to I feel like that prime. Make- you, you seem to go for the pure experience more now, for sure. Yeah, like I am not going to use a guide in these adventure games because otherwise, what's the fucking point? <laughs> I'm just going to get mad at them for three hours. Just going to get mad of, at myself. Speaking of adventure games, as a kid, yeah. I had I had Maniac Mansion on the NES. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could not even comprehend the nature <laughs> of. <laughs> what it was <laughs> i got words on the screen i don't know yeah. what they do <laughs> that was like yeah, that's my like rental horror story of like i don't what i don't directly don't like move this. the character like mario what what is this like literally what is this <laughs> <laughs> we're all such fucking console we are like, but that's but look man Consoles were a hell of a lot more accessible and less expensive than PCs mm-hmm. back yeah. in the 80s and 90s. Like, there was no mm-hmm. way I was getting my parents to buy a PC, but my parents would absolutely, oh, like, drop $200 on a console for a Christmas or birthday present. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think, besides Maniac flailing around in Maniac Mansion, my first, like, PC adventure game experience would be getting one of the Sam and Max games 
for like my Windows three three point one PC. Uh huh. And then it wouldn't run because sound card something. Oh no! So I never actually played it. <laughs> oh no! PC games, huh? PC game again. You got PC games in like eighties and nineties was like vastly different than it is now. The it's fucking by, by, wild west of drivers and conflicts yeah. and shit. It was saying something about your sound card driver not supported. I'm like, what's a driver? <laughs> or what's a driver? <laughs> what's a driver? <laughs> and then, yeah, then PC gaming got into 3D accelerators and stuff. And it's like, oh, this is a little too complicated till like the late 90s. And then I kind of could wrap my head around it. Right. Oh, so, yeah, I was like, how did we get on this tangent? I put... So Roguelite C2, done with that one. Yeah. Probably will not be on Game of the Year list. Gosh. Gosh. <laughs> Imagine. Shocking. I'm shocked. Spoilers. It was so funny, though, where you guys were like, what is happening? Where I rant about it on the Soxcast and immediately play five more <laughs> Yeah, like, I was just like, what the fuck is happening here? This is the whole review I, Starlight I, thing I, happening all over again. You know what? You know what? Polly was right. Polly was right the whole time. It's fun to just complain a lot about it a thing really and then is. start liking it. Because then you'll just, you can, maybe you just start liking it again. It's like, okay, I got that on my system. Yeah, you just gotta get it out. This other thing. You just bleed yeah. it out a little bit, get a little angry, say some curse words, drop an F bomb or two. <laughs> fuck me, this game, fuck everything. There you go. For you'll me, feel better. For me, it was reaching that point of realizing. I'm never going to play this again. And then also realizing, <laughs> oh, I did forget there's a difficulty option in there. I should probably look at that <laughs> before uninstalling. Yeah. I, I got real mad at that game somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the bosses are just so fucking unfair with the amount. It's like Don Maku in Rogue well, Legacy. I mean, like, that's the same thing. Like Rogue Legacy had a similar problem where a lot of the bosses were kind of bullshit. But like you would eventually just get enough HP to kind of be able to face tank it out. Woo! Your design weak. It's the it's the it's our it's our podcast of of your shmups. Rogue Legacy. They actually updated. I don't know how you know that it's an old game. They updated at some point to do like super special versions of all the bosses that gave you a preset character to fight them with. Oh, so you had fixed stats and levels right. and gear and stuff. Interesting. And I did all of those in the original game. Oh, they were wow. really they were really hard, but they were doable. I think the second game pushes it much further mm. into, hey, these are just avoidance sponges. I yeah. Uh, I did play one other game uh-huh. before the big one. The big Ooh. one. I so last week I was like, I've got two small things to talk about, and then Rogue Legacy was not a small thing. I also played Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Oh yeah, this like, this is the <laughs> is this the Dark Souls Star Wars? I guess it's, it's the kind of Dark Souls one. I think people really, oversold really that. oversold that one. Yeah, the timing with me playing Elden Ring pretty earlier in this year was like, oh okay, this don't try to think this is going to feel exactly like Souls, and then of course it really doesn't. But mm-hmm. gosh, the opening of this game, or like maybe like the first third of it. Is just such a fucking grab bag of every Western AAA game trope. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's just like, oh, Waiting yes. To dip back into the late 2000s with maybe a turret section for old time's sake. Ah, uh, there is a turret section for oh sure. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. 
The third section is pretty funny because I think you take control of an enemy like STST, like the big Walker mech thing, right. and then rain hell on stormtroopers for like four minutes and then <laughs> never again the entire game. It's like, hey, we're going to be Just Cause 3 for like 30 seconds. 30 like, seconds. Like, like the window on the mech is like super small too. So, you, so only like a quarter of the screen is actually like active stuff happening. Oh, like geez. it is so, tr- <laughs> but there's a lot of explosions. I mean, explosions are good. Yeah. It is funny. You mentioned turret seconds sections and I'm like, Nope, they totally do that. Uh, it's got, you know, it plays a lot like uncharted where you got your climbing, your wall running, your swinging, um, it's got bonfires from Dark Souls. <laughs> it's I so I haven't played like a Western AAA video game in a while. <laughs> well, they only make four a year now, right? Yeah, but it's been even longer than that, where I think looking it up like through my history, it was like, OK, at the end of. I guess it was the end of 2020, I played. Uh, Sunset Overdrive, which is like kind of a weird one that I would say barely counts. Yeah. And then earlier in 2020, I played uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which was bad. Red, you're the you're the you're the what's the word ambassador for these games on the podcast. If you're Shadow not going to do it, who, who will? Who will stand up? Well, unfortunately, <laughs> sitting down, I mean, I don't know. I think with the way the PlayStation 5 has gone so far, I remember being like, I'm going to get a PS5 and I'm going to play God of War and Spider-Man. Spider-Man coming to PC now. You don't have to buy. You don't even have to. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, I have all well, these. Well, thanks PlayStation- for the raid, nerd. I have all these PlayStation Plus games that I'm going to play once I get a PS5. And then the PS5 came out and then immediately started getting scalped for $800. And I'm like, OK, I guess that's off the table <laughs> for now. And I think I just have kind of fallen out of love with that style of game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so Star I, uh, Wars. Yeah, nothing there for me anymore on that in, in, in that vein. I think. Yeah. So well, the funny give thing, it ten, give it like ten years, and that can have like a hmm. What if these games were actually good? No, play. They're them. very pretty. I mean, that's kind of the one thing. It's like, ooh, get to explore pretty environments. Yeah. But then I don't know. I think Souls does that better because there's just something about the way exploration in Elden Ring or Souls games works that just feels more organic and I really can't figure out why like they feel like places and not just video game levels Mm. oh so the other thing about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is that like it's got a lot of scanning and like the map is very Metroid Prime-y like it really feels like this grab bag of you know the way you climb like Assassin's Creed like it's just grab bag from a little bit of everything that's how i remember like, arkham asylum feeling just kind of like we yeah we, have a, we took a lot of ideas from other things yeah it's like re- what if we mixed resident evil 4 with metroid and all these other things <laughs> the funny thing about people saying oh this one's dark souls is that if anything it feels the most like sekiro because you've only got the lightsaber your one weapon and there's a lot of parrying with it and the funny thing is that Sekiro came out like five or six months before this. So there's no way it was actually a direct influence. But there's bosses in this where the way to win is just parry until you fill up their stamina gauge and it breaks. And then you can do a bunch of damage, which is just exactly the same. <laughs> so besides like 
people bitch about backtracking in this. Like, there's a few parts where it's like very obviously stretched out because you go revisit a few locations. I had a good time with this, not like a great time, but it's like the story was decent enough to have a fun time with it. But I was like, okay, this was this was my fun once in a while AAA diversion. Maybe in two years I'll play another one. So nothing like particularly earth shattering yeah, here. Yeah. I think for me it's funny because I was John gonna say something? I was just my Western triple point of triple A point of reference was from two thousand nine. Like, yeah, oh, like Arkham Asylum. <laughs> it's only thirteen years old. I mean, I know, it's like, the best Arkham game, at least. I liked Origins. I, in fact, I, As- of the three I played, I didn't play the latest one. Asylum was my least favorite. Oh, wow. Oh, I think I liked it because it was more of a guided experience and less open world yeah. bullshit. And I just, I'm so out. I so check out on open world shit yeah. like right now. I just, I just got no time for it. Arkham Asylum to me felt like, boy, this tutorial is really long. When okay, are they going to let me play the game? And then, and then. And then the game ended. I'm like, oh, okay. It was just a very guided experience the whole time. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> so Star Wars was fine. I think for me, I can have a good time with these games because I'm playing them years later for like five bucks and not dropping 60, 70 on them. Expecting, yeah. yeah. Like I go in with pretty low expectations and they're always relatively met, you know. Like I got Asylum for four bucks. So, PC game prices are crazy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those Batmans, they all, you know, it's it's been 13 years. Make some money off it. Hey, is there, the, the studio's just like, is there anybody who hasn't played this yet? It's $4.99. Anybody? Please. Okay. Please. We'll suck your <laughs> cock if you play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was this was one of the decent ones, I'd say. Okay, I don't know. That's cool. I, every now and then I'll play one of these games and I'll yeah. just be like, wow, this is so fucking pretty. It's, Holy shit. Games can be so pretty. It is How funny. They, I didn't know they could be so pretty. Like when I played you Xenoblade just, X and it was just like, oh my god. Yeah, that was kind I of my know. moment. Like lately with, with, with Xenoblade Definitive Edition was like, oh wait, yeah, games can be like breathtakingly pretty, can't they? Mm-hmm. The cutscenes in that game are insane. Oh god, they're wow. nuts. When you spend a lot of money on a video game, it can look really, really pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so it is, I, that's legit. The main three that, of those Batman games are $9.99 together right now on PSN. Jesus. $8.99. $8.99. Media is worth nothing. Media is valueless. <laughs> it is funny that my reference for a recent AAA game is also from 2019. Yeah. Like, ooh, <laughs> Took me a little. I, I was still listening to Giant Bomb when this came out. We are not the <laughs> podcast that you come to if you want to hear about the game that just came out last week. Unless it is unless, like unless Elden unless Ring, it's, unless it's Elden Ring or a weird indie game that came out on Itch or or <laughs> I the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative, something like that. Yeah, actually, we're not. We're not the there's people. actually a lot of games we play like right away, thinking about it. But yeah, yeah. The the next two games I plan to play are as soon as they come out. Nice. Nice. Uh, so Polly. On the Yo! pulse. Metroid, unless Metroid Dread, of course. Yeah. Y'all hopped on that so much. Hopped and then you even shit. pulled me into the zeitgeist. Yeah. I was like, oh, fucking fine. And then I played it in the kick I'll ass. play a yeah. shitty Nintendo game. I'll play a Nintendo game. It's not even, is it really even a Nintendo game? Nah, I don't, I don't call party. it a Nintendo game because no, nah, that, that game is wholeheartedly Mercury Steam. 
Yeah. The only uh, all third parties don't count as Nintendo except the ones that make Pokemon and Kirby. Those are Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. They're the that's devil. how that's how I divide it in my head. <laughs> all right. All right. How do you guys okay. feel about the future? Bleak. Okay, how do you feel about <laughs> pretty, like pretty all right on pretty, I mean, pretty, how do you feel um, about the future in terms of like cool new video games to play? Pretty great. Oh, great. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. What if I told you that I've I, I recently played demos for four very cool video games that I'm going to oh, fuck yeah. give oh. a recommendations to. Things that you can look out for in the future, three of which still have demos available. Fuck yeah. What about that? How about that? How's that for a segment? Let's do it. Let's in do it. In the year two thousand <laughs> Somebody will get that. I got it. Alright. All right. That's one. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> you know what? That's all you need. You That's only all need, you need. You need one person. Like, and then you are you are truly and well perceived. Mm-hmm. You, right. You've been perceived. You exist. You verifiably exist. All right. The first demo I'm going to give a shout out to does not have a demo currently available, but I do believe this game is releasing this summer. It is called Solace State. Um, this Ooh. is a cyberpunk futury visual novel about a girl named Chloe who is a hacker that has lost contact with her best friend and mentor Rebecca who has seemingly like she's she's gone missing in an area that's basically been uh, shut down and quarantined and cordoned off by the government for unknown reasons. Um, What's the name of this game one more time? Solace State. S O L A C E State. Oh, Solace State. Okay. Oh, yeah. there it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they added like an emotional cyberpunk story to the to the subtitle, which wasn't there <laughs> when I played the demo. It was, uh-huh. it was really funny. It's like, but okay, that's that's the title. Um, cool. And uh, so she starts hooking up with people to to gather information and hopefully get in there and, and make some headway on that. Okay, and, now we're hooking up. And you can hook up in this game too. There is a Excellent. romantic. Uh, there is a romantic aspect to this game. You can romance a, uh, uh, I believe you can romance a boy, girl, and a non-binary person. So, good. There you go. Uh, and the game kind of takes you like like this demo basically that I played took you through like a narrative portion where you meet up with another hacker named Torrent. He's very cute. I like him a lot. Um, and he's gonna help. Uh, he's gonna help Chloe get started on the ground, and like you know, to do until like get, to, help, to help start gathering information. He gives her a place to stay, things like that, while she's there, while they're hovering outside the area that's getting cordoned off. Uh, and then there's like a more like gameplay oriented portion where you're actively like hacking in on the real world. You're assuming identities, mind control. It's, it's a lot of cool, fun shit. Very cool showpiece. Cool. Mm. Um, it, it's a cool way that they play with the world and like how they visualize hacking. It's very like, if you like shit like Ghost in the Shell, this is going to be right up your fucking alley. Um, cool. Uh, it's one of those games that really stresses that choices matter, and it definitely felt like the couple of situations that I was in during the gameplay portion, like could have like long-standing consequences and characters would like view Chloe differently. So like that stuff, like that, that stuff seems like that could be real cool if all of that pans out. Um, uh, but this game also has like a really uh, fantastic, uh, gorgeous presentation. And it's really neat uh, for a visual novel. I've never seen one done like this where it's 3d environments and the camera is set up to kind of like 
swoop through them and like pause at random cool. points and like the narrative bits that are like whether like you know telling you what's happening in the story that shit kind of like flies up and splays itself across buildings and windows and screens cool. um and then like and it's just like it's just a really impressive piece of work uh i was really shocked at how cool and slick this thing seems uh, along with just how well realized uh, the world is so i think that if you like what you heard there you like if you like you some cyberpunk ghost in the shell kind of shit solace state gonna be one to keep your eyes on again that demo is not currently available unfortunately but yep. it, it does it does come back in the chat oh yeah, but it does come back. Like anytime they do those indie fests, it seems that they put this demo back up. So if you, so when it, when Steam does those uh, indie fests, this will probably be up to, uh, for you to play again. But I also think that this is due out this summer, so it might just be, you know, it might just be out by the next time one of those happens. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Next one, a little bit short. This one does have a demo available on Steam. It is named Ubel, U B E L. So this is another adventure uh, visual novel kind of dealy where they're very clearly going for a Zero Escape vibe. Um, maybe uh, a little on the nose with the way it's paralleling <laughs> Zero Escape with the premise of a death game and a masked mastermind and hints of shit that may go off the rails into some pseudoscience-y crazy ways. Uh, but if you're into that kind of escape room narrative shit, this is probably going to take a few of the boxes for you. Um, I played it. Uh, I did a video on this one. Um, and I uh, like the first puzzle the game made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But it's just because I'm dumb and I'm, 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 I will be the first to admit that I am very impatient with things sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah. Tell us about it. Not, not, that's, that's something we've all dealt with. Yeah. Lots. Sounds like, podcast, sounds like we're all uh, in that same headspace. But yeah, um, this seems like it's going to be okay. Uh, the, the, they ended with a pretty successful Kickstarter, so I think that this one is probably still like a year or so out, maybe. Um, but I liked what I played. Like, the characters seem interesting enough. There feels like a hook there. Like, when you dangle something that's very adjacent to Zero Escape in front of me, I'm going to be probably on board <laughs> in some way or another. Uh, but yeah, that is called Ubel. It's U-B-E-L. And again, that demo is available on Steam. All right. I got cool. a couple more. I got a couple more. We'll get through these. Don't you worry. Uh, the next one that I played. Go, keep them coming. I like right. this. Next like one I this played. underground stuff. It's called Jack Move. And the demo that is currently available for it is called Jack Move Icebreaker. Um, this one is a little on the shorter side. This one will probably only take you maybe 20, 25 minutes to play. So you don't, yeah, you don't really get a huge chunk of what is going on with this game. Just kind of gist that it's a futuristic cyberpunk. You guys are kind of noticing a pattern here, I think. Yep. Hey, Molly, do you like Ghost in the Shell? Guys, you think I might have a, uh, a preferred genre of, uh, fiction? Uh, Hey, Molly, do you like Fantasy Star? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was just sitting here as I was like I was talking, I was like, wait a minute, that's fucking three this games in a cyberpunk. row. What is going on here? What am I doing? And it's Good. the fact it like it's funny because I will never play Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> <God> no. <laughs> um, that other game the first game you mentioned had that subtitle of like emotional cyberpunk stories. Yeah. Yeah. And then the description for this one says 
gritty cyberpunk storytelling. Yeah! It also... It shows the battle screen, and it has the Fantasy Star 2 grid it's got lines. The, it's a Fantasy Star. Yeah. They, they're animated, though. They move. Oh, fuck yeah. When, when you take damage, they, like, flash. So it's a little yes. more dynamic. Uh, this is a JRPG-style cyberpunk futury hacky story. Uh, the demo doesn't really give you a whole lot to go with story-wise. Just some kind of, like, flavor text of what's going on. I think basically what they're throwing you into is basically like the, the the cold open for the game where they're teaching you to get the mechanics they're teaching you everything about how the battle works that's mostly what this demo is focusing on uh there's some light kind of banter between you and the person that's working with you as your operator um but for the most part this game is really just or this demo is mostly about kind of like learning how the turn-based combat feels it's really snappy cool. Um, it's got like a turn grid system. It's I think that it's a solo RPG too. I don't think you get a party uh-huh. in this game. Um, so like I no. I don't I've not played a an RPG with a solo character since God. There's not vagrant Man, story. There's yeah, like vagrant story maybe, <laughs> but that's like a different kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so East, like, E six E six. There you go. <laughs> e six Ezo. He's um, but but, but kind of like the, 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 the kind of the main gist I think that's going to be uh, where this game's combat comes in and the way they keep it tactical is that like you have like a limited amount of RAM for the programs that you can use and you have to swap them in and out during battle to, to kind of like, like oh I need to swap in the healing item now and like when you do that you take less damage on the turn that you're installing new uh, programs and stuff so this one's probably going to be cool like, I would have liked to have seen more of the writing and the story play out, but it at least, like, it has... Oh, like, at least right now, it at least has the charm of Cosmic Star Heroine anyway. Uh, and I think cool. that it looks and sounds really great already. So, uh, I think this one's actually out this year, too, I think. Um, I think that one might actually be, like, the one that's probably the closest to coming out. And I played one more demo that I think is Hell still yeah. av- that I think is still available, uh, and uh, it is called Cursed to Golf. <laughs> so oh, this not a cyberpunk adventure. This one's not a <laughs> cyberpunk adventure. We're we're finally taking a break from the cyberpunk. You can come on back. I'm reeling you back now. I'm reeling you back to the most exciting uh, sport on the planet, golf. All right, so Cursed to Golf. This one grabbed my attention because I'm not sure I've ever seen the genre approached like this, but Cursed to Golf is a 2D side-scrolling golf game with a catch. Huh. And, and I'm going to probably lose some of you with this next catch because they almost lost me. Mm-hmm. It's a roguelike. <sighs> yeah, okay. But, but... but. I think the but. gameplay is good enough to save it. It's a it's a roguelike. It's but it's a, every hole is procedurally generated, and you have to finish all eighteen holes of golf to get your way out of golf purgatory. And there are various like like different kind of biomes as you go up, like as you're working your way out. Um, the gimmick here is that you were struck by lightning on a golf course, and then you've got to golf <laughs> your way out of golf purgatory. That's pretty and, good. And you start every hole, which, was, which again is randomly generated with like the hazards that you'll face and the mm-hmm. way that you have to kind of get your way there. You start with five shots to get the ball to the hole, 
and, and get over the terrain and, you know, avoid various hazards and stuff. And you earn more shots by hitting shot idols as you go along. So you like, you're not going to be just like have to do every hole in five shots. Like there's like, there's ones that give you four extra shots and the ones that give you two extra shots. And you could hit your ball in this shit with like teleporters and fans. It gave me a real like, um, What's the Kirby Golf game? Kirby's Dream Course. It gave me a, yeah. mm-hmm. it gave me that kind of vibe, but a lot easier to play and judge things like distance and how the ball was going to react. Like, I think like your control over the ball's trajectory, uh, the way in which you can put backspin and, uh, and and topspin on it very easily. Um, like th- they give you all the tools that like really make it feel really good. Uh, to, to, to shoot just to shoot it oh. feels really good you've only got three club types and each one has a specific purpose so you never like, like there's nothing overwhelming about what it's doing it's trying to present like all of this to you as very simply as possible um and you also have like a small deck of cards that you can use to affect your very your shots in various ways like 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 uh, you could make your ball drop immediately in the midair. Like when you activate this card and you press the B button while your shot's in the air, you can just make the shot drop. Or there's one that'll like blow your ball into like three or four different balls. And when the shot's over, you can pick which ball you want to go from. Oh. So <laughs> I think that like that stuff is what's is what's going to make this a very fun cool and interesting thing mm-hmm. it's like the way all of these systems play with each other and the simplicity of everything i think that like the fact that it's a roguelike and the fact that you've got to do all of these 18 holes in one go uh, and the fact that it's just really snappy i don't think any of that's all gonna feel really yeah. bad like it just like no, this maybe sometimes the proc is nice <laughs> yeah like like this game just feels super good and like it, it's not hard to get into the mechanics at all. The demo is very good at easing you into how all of it works. Um, mm-hmm. I think this one's going to be real cool, like with just how incredibly good it already feels. Like I, I'm already feeling like this is probably a day one for me. Like mm-hmm. I think all four of these games are like a day one for me. Like that's how much of an impression. Like even Ubel, which is like the one I feel I know the least about, um, and I feel that like Jack Move, like. The like the, like that game like I like the, despite the fact that I don't know a lot about it story wise yet, like I think the tone that they were trying to go for is there and it's it's present enough for me to go like okay I I know what you're doing and I think I will have a lot of fun with you, um so yeah that that's four really cool damn games three of which you can check out, um and those awesome. are gonna be those are those are all coming out this year is a solid state whose demo is not currently available. Ubel, demo currently available. Jack Move, uh, you just download uh, the, the version that's called Jack Move Icebreaker. And Cursed to Golf, which like, and they're all pretty meaty demos uh, aside from, um, uh, aside from uh, Jack Move. Like, uh, like the, cur- like the, 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 the curse to golf demo I was surprised I didn't let me go like three three like three complete holes not to mention like the 20 or 30 minutes it takes to kind of tutorialize you on all of the stuff that it's doing mm-hmm. so yeah just lots of cool. lots I, of cool shit I, I enjoy watching your like kind of like demo binges where you just kind of go through a bunch of these and get like a little taste of all these upcoming things and then figure out what what excites you enough to want to jump in yeah right, yeah. right when it comes out 
I think that's awesome. That's something that I've been able to to, to, to use my stream for that's been really fun. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's just finding cool demos, seeing what lands, and seeing, like, what other people are liking. And I know that, like, those de- like those streams have turned other people onto things. Like, I know people that tried out Transaruby because they saw me stream it, uh, the demo for it, or, or Super Crush KO because I, you know, demoed that on the stream a few times. Uh, that stuff is really cool. I like I like helping people discover cool games, and so yeah, like having like like these are like four right here, cream of the crop so far. Like this is just cool. a, yeah, cool. so absolutely awesome. check all those out. Just really really cool shit. Gaming's cool. It turns out video games. There's <laughs> sometimes yeah. video games are fucking great. <laughs> The world may be burning around around us. The way the world may be burning down around us, and we may literally hate waking up every morning. Uh, but at least there are cool video games on the horizon to help us rot our brains away and just forget about things for a little bit. <laughs> and that's the fucking best we can hope for right now, right? <laughs> What's up, nerdos? Whoa! Whoa! What is this slander over here? Dropping the big N on us. That's probably not how you want to word that, is it? (laughs) (laughs) That's probably the absolute worst way I could have worded that. It's a good thing nobody watches this. It's a good thing nobody listens to this. The big Nintendo. There we go. Beepner with the save. Dropping the big Nintendo word on us. The gamer moment there. Gosh, can't believe John finally had his online gamer moment. That was your gamer moment. No, no. <laughs> oh, man. You do it to yourself. You do. And that's what really hurts. I get that reference. You do. It's a Radiohead song from the Benz yeah. from 1994. Oh, that's probably the Radiohead oh, I've listened to the most. I like OK the, the Computer the most, I think. I yeah. don't know if I like it the most. I just know I've listened to the Benz the most. Uh, yeah, it's a good album. Just for whatever reason. Yeah. God, God that, I just had the like a vivid sense memory of like albums I've listened to in my dreams that don't actually exist. Uh, like yeah, I just got I just got pulled very back immediately into what I know in my brain was a dream. Of oh, that's weird. not real. Weird. Oh Ugh. no, right. Millie, Millie out here. Millie out next. here. <laughs> Millie is out here in my chat, standing for King of Limbs. Ouch. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like the from the basement version. That one's pretty good. Have you ever heard King of Limbs from the basement? That one's real good, but yeah, uh, yeah, that that studio version, Ufa, Dufa, <laughs> as as John Thayer has been continuously quoted as saying. <laughs> All right, hi everybody. Doing okay out there in internet land? Still, are you still with us? I'm doing good. Still riding or dying with your favorite socks, pals? Should be. I hope so because we got some hot content coming we out. Got oh boy. Hot slop content just coming straight for your face. John, <laughs> just deliver. Give it to him. Hey, hey, coming Rhett. out swinging. I want to hear I, it. I always, I always preface this with Hey Rhett, but I watched some anime. Oh. Well, yes, because Polly does not watch anime. I Polly want to. Anime too, I want to watch 86, but. It was very funny doing it. this. 
they, they had those memes where everyone was filling in like what they oh, watched right. on the hundred list. And I, and I realized like, Oh wow, I've done a lot more than almost all of my friends. I am pretty into anime. I just can, cons- I just compare myself with Rhett. So I feel like a very casual viewer. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm the one that like collected for years and I have a big DVD Blu-ray collection. I have a VHS collection still. And mm-hmm. like even I'm considered just casual now by Rhett standards. <laughs> Rhett Sorry, standards. Polly. Sorry, Polly. Nah, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. Rhett's very think, You know, there was a shift around, you know, 2007, 2009 that said, hey, if you, wa- if you want to keep watching anime, you're going to have to like Moe a little bit. Yeah, you're going to kind of have to accept that that is part of the deal now. The trends have changed. It's weird when I see people talking about Gurren Lagann as like the last big mecha anime. Like, mm-hmm. no, that's still current. Oh, no, God. No. Oh, no. No, Rhett. That's 2007. Ooh. Oh, that's funny. Um... Well, yeah, there's a certain shift. And then like all that like old 80s Ninja Scroll energy, that Ghost in the Shell energy that Polly loved, it all just vanished. They stopped making anime with any kind of edge. Yeah. Um, So I watched Devilman Crybaby. Oh, right. This one. (laughs) This is a lot of edge. This is like the edgiest of the edge. Oh, boy. I started watching this on a plane. That oh was a no! Mistake. That was a mistake. That first, I mean, every episode, but especially that first. I showed I my got dad into the club and was just like, kind of looked at the guy next to me a little bit. I am kind of the person, person on the plane. Like, well. I am the person on the plane that if like if you are watching what I am watching and if you are going to judge me on those decisions, God bless you. But I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna fucking watch F3 on the plane. Don't you fucking worry. <laughs> hey, John. Yeah, I showed my dad the first episode of this show, fully knowing what was about to happen. He was just like, huh, that was a bit much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guess what? The rest of the show is also much. Yeah, we could describe this. If we could describe this show in one word, it would be much. Um, so it's also got all these. So I think the I think probably the 80s. Ova comparison is probably pretty apt. It even has like a bunch of like 80s synths to it. It's based on a manga from I think the late 70s, yeah, early 80s. Yeah. yeah. Um, like the, it, it feels a little bit out of time. Um, a big comparison for me is um, it made me think of like Ralph Bakshi movies with mm. the, the like purposefully very stylized and rough animation. And also it being extremely horny <laughs> in a, in a really weird, weird way. This Not is a this conventionally is the, horny way. No, this is people having an orgy in a club. And then a, the, one of the ladies, a lady that's getting fucked turns into a demon and her vagina turns into a giant mouth and eats the man that's fucking her. Sexy as fuck. Pretty conventionally horny, actually. Yeah, so that's pretty normal. That's pretty. I mean, that's pretty standards. It's pretty tame by our standards, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's that's episode one. Um, it's it's just a lot throughout. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's hard to talk about without spoiling it, and also yeah. just going. It's a lot, especially the endings. Yeah, I here's here's my takeaway. I think I mostly appreciated this as a mood 
and an aesthetic Uh where it is so good at creating a certain atmosphere and aesthetic. Um, There's a sort of mythic power to the story that I liked a lot. It feels it's very biblical. It's literally very biblical. Yes. The devil man. Yeah. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of Christ parallel stuff. It brings up at one point. Um, I think I felt in a way that I sometimes feel with like biblical type stories. I felt a kind of distance from it where it's sort of like, it's not, pulling me in the same way that a lot of more modern mm-hmm. films and shows do. Mm-hmm. It's more like I'm, I'm feeling the power of this story from a little bit of a, more of an emotional distance. Mm. I think like we watched passion of the Christ and like, and not passion of the Christ. We watched last temptation of last Christ. Temptation and there's a little bit of that energy there. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, you're feeling the, the, the lesson, I guess more as much as anything. I don't know. It, it feels, it feels a little bit epic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but I'm Definitely. also saying that I didn't, I never cried at it. Also, even though some really heinous shit happens to characters that you like. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's, I would go into this for seeing it, a, 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 an old story adapted extremely lovingly and, mm-hmm. In an in incredible in a very artistically fascinating and strong way, like I think this is a showpiece for just Yuasa's kind of yeah style yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, it makes I want to read the manga. It's only like five volumes. That's the funny thing about this is that maybe it's due to the content of the manga that this is actually the first time they did a full adaptation of it. Yep. <laughs> like the original OVA, I think didn't get to the end, and then there was like a Devil Man. That was like highly, 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 highly censored and basically turned into a kid's show, yeah. which they kind of make fun of in this one. I think yep, it exists in this. Yeah. It's so it's very funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm I'm very interested in this kind of energy. I kind of want to just go back and actually watch a bunch of 80s OVAs. Like I, I'm kind of ready. Mm-hmm. I want to revisit Ninja Scroll. Um, I've kind of wanted that texture for yeah. a while and I'm kind of I'm interested in that. Just like old, exploitative, grody, bloody. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a vibe. <laughs> it is a vibe. Anime. Um, but also check out the cool, tasteful stuff like Project Echo. Hmm. I've got that on my shelf. I'm I'm really excited. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm I had a really good time with this one. This was at yeah. the top of my good anime queue. I had <laughs> where I had like. I want to watch show, some shonen stuff. I'm gonna. I've got that cue, and then I've got like the good stuff, like Devil May Cry Baby and Your Lion April, and so here's th- this is the genre is good anime, and then like Isekai trash. It's the other call. Yeah. Um. So that this was a very good time. Um. I've done just. I know last time we talked about. I think we talked about. Um. Uh. Or but the time before that talked about a silent voice and listen to Bluebird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we kind of I kind of glazed over this last time because I was only a little ways through a couple of shows. I've been watching just a ton of more Yamada stuff with Cecile. Um, so like we watched all of Tomica Market and, and the movie Tomica Love Story. Um, 
it, Tomica Market is really funny because it seems like it should just be like a normal slice of life um, within kind of a cool setting where it's in this literally like kind of personal market more than it's in like a school. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also this like very strange, fantastical element that is like the main plot of the show ostensibly, but it always feels like slightly disconnected from all the slice of life stuff. Um, so it, it was, it was a fun time. The whole time it felt just a little bit weird. Like what, what's the, what was the, it's like the, the story of it feels at odds with everything else that's happening with the, with the, all the slice of life texture stuff but it's very cute and very pretty. And it has like all that really nice, like piano score. Um, yeah. The movie was fucking great. <laughs> um, Tomiko, Tomiko love story. It just pulls away from the, um, the fantastical stuff basically entirely and just focuses mm. on two people confessing to each other. And that's the whole movie. It is 80 minutes and it is oh. entirely about one person working up their nerve to confess to somebody and then the other person processing and responding to them. And that is the whole movie. So it's a direct sequel to the TV show. Yes. Yeah. You need to watch the show. Okay. Um, I still like the show. I I really liked it. That kind of makes it make more sense that it's like, it's the culmination of the whole build up series. Maybe. Yeah. It, it's the culmination of like the story that actually mattered from the show. Uh, and then it happens in the movie. It's so it's it's a little review starlight where it's like, oh wow, this makes the whole series kind of better in better in retrospect. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I really liked it. Probably not quite as much as Liz and the Bluebird, um, or Silent Voice. It's a little bit smaller, I think, but it's mm. very cute. It's it's like Silent Voice and Liz and the Bluebird are like Liz and the Bluebird is ultimately like the kind of sad breakup thing. And then Silent Voices just has a lot of heavy shit in it. This is purely something cute and sweet and nice, but it it does it in a way that feels very honest and true to life with like my experiences with these kinds of things. Like it, it touched me personally where like, even though it's mostly just sweet, it still feels just as honest as those other movies. So I, I like Yamada a lot, y'all. <laughs> um, it also has, there's also a gay girl that is cr- very definitely crushing on Tomiko throughout the series. And and the end of the movie, she like, let go, let's go <laughs> so Aww. that she can go with the other person. And it's just Aww. like very honestly, like really classy and smart with how it's handled. Do you like always love the character the most? It has to be the one to let go of their feelings. Happened in Toradora too. Yep. Yep. And it it's, it's, it's like the it's like they made it's like Liz and the Bluebird was okay now let's make the, a movie from that character's perspective. Yeah. 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 That's what it sounds like. It's very funny. So, I th- that's the that's the kind of nice melancholy tinge to it that I enjoyed. Um um I watched we watched um the first season of K-On. Um and Are we doing it? We doing it. Cool. I'm yeah. Taking my headphones off. Nice. I swear to God, if if I when I I went into so I, I went into this knowing you both hated it, <laughs> um, known for ten years that y'all all hate it. That's been my that's one of the first things I learned about anime. <laughs> John's like, so John's like, mm, can't wait to like it. Higurashi well, could, K on bad. 
2008 well, I, opinions. <laughs> um, well, Polly, for the record, I had like eight years that were like, oh, Polly likes it. So that means it's good. <laughs> so it's progress. It, in a sense. it had to be fucking um, K-On. It had to be this one of all the fucking things. K-On is very, the one. It's a very funny show to get so mad about. Really. It is. That's it really thing. is. It really That's is. Thing. I try. I like went into it like with like this defensive mindset a little bit. Like, okay, well, I uh-huh. fucking love this creator's movies. I've seen a couple clips from the show and they were really cute and funny. I'm primed. I'm ready to give this a shot. And overthinking K-On makes me want to <laughs> die. I hate it. I can't. Uh-huh. There are people can't. that really want you to do that. Oh my god. It's just cute and funny. That's all. <laughs> I liked it. It was cute and funny. I Head laughed empty. a lot. Head empty, only sweets. Head empty. It's ca- I just ate the cake and I liked I liked <laughs> the cake. Look, all right. I have I have like three thoughts that I think have <laughs> that's, that more I, that I, that's, that's more than you. That's more than you. That's more than you. Fucking love Yui. Um, oh, oh then he said that, and I yeah, now I now I know he's just doing it to be contrary. I'm kidding. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I know you're kidding. I have like three thoughts. Okay, and anything beyond that is just like no, stop it. This is a stupid show. It's a stupid, <laughs> cute anime comedy. Actually, I have four thoughts. All right, okay. number one, I laughed a lot while watching it, so. That's 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 a pretty objective measure for something like this. It's like okay, it, the comedy worked for me. If it didn't for y'all, that's fine. I didn't know that it was a comedy. It's it's definitely a comedy. It is there for jokes. It's trying to be jokes. funny. <laughs> uh huh. I think the fucking bathtub full of crabs. Okay, do Which, not remember that. Yeah, I'm just, I'm Gee, they, there's just a, there's a, this extended beat where like the the one person is watching Yui as a little kid and she just sees Yui reaching into the river and fishing out a little crab and putting it in a bucket. And she just kind of follows her and she sees, and she sees like, Oh, she's filled up the bucket and she just follows her to the, it takes like goes place over like a minute and a half. And Yui just walks into the bathroom and walks back out and the kid walks into the bathroom and sees the bathtub is just full of these little crabs. And it's, it's just completely inexplicable. And it made me cackle. Um, I can't believe y'all remember the bathtub full of crabs and are laughing with me. I tried to tune out as much of that show as I could after this. Why did you watch it? After the first season. Okay. That was the first season. I only watched season one. Yeah. All right. Um, so thought two. Um, oh, that's still the first thought. Those two things. That was the first, the first thought was that I thought it was okay. Okay. Thought two is, um, like right in like the first episode, there's a line where Yui's like, "Wow, you all aren't very good at all, but it looks like a lot of fun." And I was just like, and she she's just like beaming, like, "Yeah, I want to join." Um, and I think I'd come right off of like having a really long chat about like itch game stuff and making games and creating stuff, and the 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 idea of the ethos of the show being just like, well, this is going to be fun. It doesn't really matter if we're good or not. It's just going to be fun. Um, really resonated with me mm-hmm. in that, in that moment. I was just like, 
Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's just a high school band. We're just having a good time. Fuck yeah. And I felt like the show supported that for a good chunk of it. Where like even the first performance, it like cuts to like a, a music video. And for pretty much the, for the performances, my brain just kind of went like, this is how they feel while they're playing it. It's not that they're literally this cool and awesome mm-hmm. and good. This is how they feel. They feel like rock stars. And that's awesome. As somebody that has played a lot of live shows and played bad live shows at that, I can tell you straight up. Yeah, you feel like a fucking rock star no matter what <laughs> you're doing on stage when you have people's attention like that. Yeah, that's and, cool. and that's cool. So, so I liked that part of the energy. I liked that it was coming off of Liz and the Bluebird. I liked it that it was just like, doesn't really matter. We're just having fun. D- don't practice. We don't need to practice. Oh, jeez. I will say sound euphonium again, 100% the opposite there. Well, where it's well that's like, the thing. Practice <laughs> is death to them. It is <sighs> perform or die. Well, that's the thing. Now I've watched all of Kaon and I'm ready to go back to sound euphonium. I'm like, okay, now let's get into the, like the real shit. <laughs> I watched two. We we started um, Soundy Phonium today. We watched the first two apps. It's very. It's, Ooh, it seems very. It's good so very far. pretty. It's very pretty. Um, so third thought about Kaon, um is that I feel like Yui is just like ex- almost like extremely on the nose, like ADHD diagnosis, where like the first thing that happens when as she leaves is her like going to school. And then getting to, and being late, and she runs out the door. Oh, I'm late for school, and then gets distracted helping people and doing a couple other things. And for me, like when a character like gets up and finds that Yui is practicing in the beach in the middle of the night, I kind of suddenly got this image of just like, okay, this is a person who is distracted a lot of times, and then gets like ten hour hyperfixation mode on guitar and learns a lot about it, and then doesn't know all these other things and then goes and does something else. See, my thing with um, Yui learning guitars, I don't ever think I got the learning arc. I think it was just, oh, <laughs> she's just naturally good. I get that. Um, the, the if one... you would have given me that journey, like if, I, if there would have been that extra bit, just that little bit of her learning the, the damn guitar, because you can learn mm-hmm. a lot about guitar in a small amount of time, even with just like scales and chords, and they could have done a lot with that, but they, well, didn't, even, they didn't even do that. <laughs> she I was just seeing... naturally good at it from the start. I remember seeing a Twitter thread that, that, that was like, Oh well, at the you know the commercial break, there's the cassettes playing, <laughs> and the cassettes get better every episode. That's Yui practicing, like it's this tiny kind of almost hidden detail, which I don't think counts really, for a lot. Doesn't work for me. I think that's really fair, and it seems like Sound Euphonium is that show, and I'm yeah. really excited to watch it. This is the show that is. We're just doing this for fun. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. The, the the season finale is they have their big performance at the school and Yui comes to school and she forgets her guitar. So she has to run back home and get her guitar and then run back in. And then she get, misses half the performance and she walks up and she's crying because she's sad that she keeps fucking things up for her friends. And then her friends are just like, don't worry, it's OK. We love you because it doesn't matter because they're just having fun. And I was like, oh, that's really nice because I played band in school. I mostly just fucked around. I wasn't very, I wasn't really committed to it, but I had a lot of fun. And yeah, this like, kind of helped me look back on that time. Like, okay, I, I still had a good, 
I can I can kind of tie that about that. I can kind of tie that to something because you're just like always late for podcasts and you're constantly <laughs> fucking them Fuck. up. <laughs> but we still love you. And thank you, Polly. I appreciate it. Aww. I appreciate that. So so I, I just kind of kept seeing myself in you. I, like I don't have a diagnosis or anything. I'm just I kept seeing myself in high school in Yui, just like making dumb mistakes and forgetting things and um and then just having that but you know having still enjoying being creative she they explicitly tell us that like before this yui basically did not have any outlet she wasn't really interested in school they have a vision of her in middle school before joining the band where she just like is kind of just laying around all day at home bored and then she finds this outlet and just gets really into it it was like oh that was the part that I connected with, not like mm-hmm. the arc of getting better at the guitar or any of the actual specifics of performing in a band. Um, I don't think it it gives you a journey on that, and I think that's if that's if that feels like something that's missing. I I think it kind of does feel like something that's missing to an yeah, extent. Like I I, I yeah. like I, I like Beck Mongolian Chop Squad because it does have mm-hmm. that kind of similar arc. Yeah. And again, Sound Euphonium is definitely going to be doing that. Um, but this, this was not that, and I've still found a lot to connect with and laugh with. Um, and also it's all that Yamane animation just made me happy. Um, thought four, I don't like the teacher. I think she's, I don't think she's funny. <laughs> she, she annoyed me the whole time. I don't even all the other remember characters. The, I don't even remember the teacher. The she's teacher like the is like a little bit horny. Yeah, right. She has the history where she was like in a metal band. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right, all right. Like that was funny, but she's the one that like gropes that gropes them and puts them in outfits and everything. And I'm like, this feels at odds because I weird. Yeah, because the I felt like this very convincingly felt like it was a show about children to me. Yeah, in a way yeah, that definitely felt nice. And. I don't. I don't want to see anything horny with them. No, and, no, and the teacher not. touching on that was just like, mm, don't like this. It's like so if you tried to sexualize Hidamari's sketch or something. It's like, no, oh, God. stop, oh, no, no, <laughs> no, don't stop. Yeah. So that those are my chaos thoughts. Okay, can I just boil down? Go ahead, Red. I'm gonna mellow out. I'm not gonna go full. Oh, I hate the show. But here's where it bummed me out. Hmm. I wanted a show about music. Yeah. I wanted mm-hmm. a show about four girls starting a band and taking it seriously. And there's one specific thing. It's kind of interesting that you mentioned the first episode of yeah. being, of being like, we're just going to have fun. Yeah. Cause I, as I remember it, this is, you know, over a decade ago, Christ <laughs> at this point, <laughs> I remember the first episode as them being like, and someday we're going to play. We're going to play Budokan. <laughs> yeah. They're like, there's definitely a, we want to pre- go at this seriously like vibe there yeah. at least at the start and that's exactly I, why like when i saw that first episode i was willing to kind of like ride with it a bit because i i felt that they were trying to capture that um, you don't you know how i heard that line in my head i heard that exact line we're gonna go to budokan and one it's one of the it's it's ritsu just standing here. we're going to budokan and the other's like what i heard that as and we're going to make an MMORPG with a bunch of different assets and worlds and characters. And it's going to be the best, biggest thing since Skyrim. Mm. I was just like, oh, that's not happening. I, mean, I, 
Well, I think see, but I, it's you because get, I'm primed because y'all. Yeah, I you're primed because heard from you and Polly. Like, I think you even said that thing about the Budokan before. So yeah, I kind of yeah. already went into. I don't know how I would have reacted to it. Yeah, uh, if I you know with virgin ears. We were watching it when it was literally episode one had yeah. aired, and that was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, gotcha. okay, th- they're saying that they're going to play Budokan, and then you got that ending theme where it's like them actually looking super professional, like the ending. I would say. The ending is great. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the performance pieces from that show, I'm not going to throw any stones at that. That yeah. shit's real mm-hmm. dope. I think your read on that's how they feel is probably more accurate to yeah. like maybe what they're going through. Yeah. I always thought, though, as like, this is what they're going to actually become someday. Mm-hmm. And then obviously it never gets to that. <laughs> I think. The whole, like, we're going to play Budokan thing is why when I recommended the show A Place Further Than the Universe to Polly, mm-hmm. and they start that show off going, we're going to go to Antarctica. And Polly told me, I don't think they're going to I go to Antarctica. Like, I, went, like, I was like, two or three episodes in, I was like, we're never getting to Antarctica, are we? Oh, like, we're there six episodes in. Okay, okay. All right, this show because- earned something. <laughs> Kayon had burned her so hard on yeah, a promise not being yeah, remotely just, fulfilled. Like, despite the fact that it had all this praise, I was just like, I don't know, they're not going, are they? Fucking shit. <laughs> I think the show y'all wanted it to be um, almost certainly would have been better and more substantive. Right. Like, yeah. I think that's absolutely fair. It's fine. I, I, I just found a lot to like with what, the, what it is. Okay. That's fine. I, I invented my whole headcanon arc for where I think the first season of the show should have gone and then 10 years pass and I realized oh right that's not actually what happens in the show where like as I was watching it <laughs> week to week being more and more frustrated that music wasn't really happening I was like what should happen is Azusa gets frustrated with them not practicing she quits the band joins some other girls mics her own band and then they have like a battle of the bands at the end that would have been <laughs> rad and then I realized 10 years later Oh, that's not how it actually went. She just fucking gritted her no, teeth and put up with it just, forever. Azusa just gets fucking corrupted. Yeah, it's literally like just, it's like all three of them are like around her, like just eat cakes. I think that that don't was like practice. the straw for don't me. Don't worry. That, uh, uh, like Azusa was, Azusa was kind of like my okay. This is the character that's going to save it, right? Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. The idiot infection spreads. <laughs> just for, we're just make we're just having fun here we're just we're just messing around it's just being eating cakes and playing play playing rock band ain't that nice <laughs> i think that was the other frustration besides the budokan thing is having the one character who really seems like she gives a shit yeah get getting corrupted. getting that beaten out of her yeah yeah it's kind of like down her throat yeah i think that's Don't ultimately that's ultimately, I think, what did it for me was that, like the final character that gave a shit and, and, and just was shown to care so fucking much. Just, yeah, ground to paste into the idiocy. <laughs> it's almost it's almost a little. I mean, this is also kind of thinking about it. So so I, it touched on like my freeware ethos and it touched on my freeware game made to have ethos and it touched on just kind of thinking about. Japan in general and Japanese culture and animation and the pressure that children are under yeah. um, to be productive, to perform, mm. to prep for school, to pass their exam, to get to get to a good college, to get this salary job, to do all these things. I think there is an element of um, 
where the stupidity and the don't worry about it, we don't need to practice, it's fine, <laughs> felt like almost kind of subversive, where it's just like, no, we're just gonna be, we're just gonna chill and it's gonna be fine. John, you're thinking about Kaon. I know. Oh no, <laughs> we're thinking about there. So it's not that it's like some subversive masterpiece genius thing, it's just like, there's enough of a little core there that I like that I liked. They're true punk. They don't give a shit. <laughs> so I'll probably watch season two in the movie because I need to watch all the Yamada movies, obviously. Um, that was my anime thoughts. Proud of you. Thank you. I'm going to keep watching anime. Anime is great. Right. Anime is so good. Anime is so good. Um, I have one other thing. Oh, OK. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Three weeks. Um, but I, I listened through this. I went on a fucking journey with this. I listened through the entire first season of Dungeons and Daddies, an actual play um, podcast that is not a BDSM podcast is the tagline. It is a D&D podcast. It's that good fantasy shit, Polly. Yeah. Oh, boy. Good. Super here for it. Yeah. How, how much can you lose, Polly, with D&D podcast? The thing is, I played D and I played with a regular oh. group. I played with a regular oh. D and D group in the like the mid two thousands, uh, from like two thousand five to two thousand seven. I was in a regular group. Oh, um, awesome! I I I, I did a one shot with um, some friends while I was visiting with my family. It was really fun. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling the bug again. Like three years ago is the last time I had like an attempt and it didn't work. And then I was like, Oh, I, 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 I attended two sessions and then the DM and one of the players got divorced and I was friends with the player that left. And I was like, oh, well, okay. That was a fun. And also the DM was lousy. He started the session with like a 10 page thing of lore. He told us to read right before the first session. God, I had that absolutely cursed thought of, hey, guys, what if we did a D&D podcast? Nope. Nope. No. <laughs> no. no. I don't want to do a kidding. I'd love to play a one shot with y'all, maybe. Just nope. to just sample something. I'd enjoy it. Let's, is that a nope? No. Or is that a yes? Uh, let's do Shadowrun instead. Okay. I'm, a, I don't, I'm here for trying whatever games. Um, I played one called the the one shot I played was called the Witch is Dead. Mm-hmm. We did we did it in like two minutes of prep to make the characters, and you play as woodland animals that were the familiars of a witch who was horribly murdered by the by a by a witch hunter from a local village. And the goal of the game is to get back to the village and kill the witch hunter and steal his eyes and bring them back and put them on the witch's corpse, which will bring her back to life. So you are little woodland animals. And you each have like one very small spell mm-hmm. and your goal is to find a guy and kill him. And it gets really, it got really violent, which is because you're just like a rat and an owl or something. So in order to kill a guy, it's always going to be like death of a thousand cuts. So it just took yeah. like 10 minutes. It's oh, really okay. funny. <laughs> um, but it's like two hours and we had a blast. So mm-hmm. that, that, that's my thought is just like those kind of cool one shots. Mm-hmm. And I knew about that game because that was a one-shot spinoff on D and Daddies. So this is about four dads fall through a portal on the for, into the Forgotten Realms and need to rescue their lost sons. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the dads is played by a lady, which is nice because I'm used to podcasts that are just all dudes. Um, 
and they're all extremely fucking funny. And the real arc of this is that I listened to a fucking actual play podcast that wasn't the Adventure Zone, and I had a good time, and it's so much fucking better than how bad that show got, y'all. Oh my god, I had such a, I had such a fucking long arc getting to this point where I would finally yeah. try some other podcasts, and I feel so happy to have found <laughs> one that worked and is good, and it's good in all the ways that Adventure Zone is bad, got bad. So, so two questions. Yeah. It, does this just end at episode 68, part two? That's the end of the first season. Oh, so there is another season. Okay. It, it's like 10 episodes into the new season. And the new season is um, starring like, so the children are an NPCs of the, of the first game who they're rescuing. Mm-hmm. The new campaign is playing as the kids of those kids. So it's basically like a new story, new campaign. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I'm just yeah. put it down for that and I'll probably wait until there's more meat. Cool. Um, but yeah, I, I, I listened through a bunch of Taz season three and it was really bleak y'all. It got really, <laughs> it got real bad. Yeah. And, that was my other question is when you're bitching about Taz, mm-hmm. how much of that also applies to balance? More, balance- more, more than I'm comfort, more than, okay. I'm, because that being that the only one I'm familiar with, I was like, oh, a lot of this still applied to that original arc. We just forgave it back then. Yep, 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 yep. So the thing is that Balance started off with them Comedy. mostly making jokes and having a good time. And yeah. they slowly built up the characters while having a bunch of jokes. And then they built up to cite some big emotional beats. Mm-hmm. And they landed really hard because you weren't expecting them. And they came organically. And then he started being a little more scripted and a little more, all right, we got to hit these big emotional beats. And they started telling fewer jokes and it got a little more railroaded. And then the second season just started off with that. Yeah. Like, okay, we're going to hit the big emotional beats. We're going to make it so that everybody wants to draw fan art of our characters and cosplay as them. And jokes, what are those? And it just kept in that it, I think that's kind of the trajectory it went on. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of got victim of their own success there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I just wanted to share that I actually listened to different podcasts. And it that stayed by the jokes. For the first time in six years. And I was <laughs> very rewarded for it. Yeah, right. And it stayed about jokes the whole time, mostly. It stayed funny the whole fucking time. It got, they started having some story moments they had one extended flashback to one character's tragic backstory. It was one episode, the tragic, and it was very, and it was very good and kind of kind of real. The tragic backstory extended flashback arc in Taz was like eight episodes and it was yeah. really the finale. So it, it hit me better. And, and the whole finale is extremely gamified was extremely, we are setting up these two opposing forces and i'm gonna let you take turns to build up these resources but that means that these characters get turns to build up these resources and it's all going to come into play during the final battle and then it does and the final two episodes is one long combat that's really satisfying it, it's it they played the game the whole time they yeah. kept they kept making the dice drive the story instead of there there are major points in that podcast where if the dice had gone in a slightly different way the entire trajectory of the rest of the show would have changed which wasn't Taz, was never Taz. 
Yeah. Like they, they rolled a natural one at the end of the third arc of Taz when the character was going to pick up the all consuming doom artifact that tries to tempt people to destroy the world. <laughs> yeah. And then Griffin was just like brushed it off. Like, Oh, don't worry. You, you, your, your friend takes it from you. It's fine. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, okay, cool. Dice don't matter. It's the, it's the fun story time hour. Oh wait, you aren't writers. You're comedians. Sorry. <laughs> so I, I needed to, I need to evacuate that kind of things. Yeah. So I'm having a very good time with that. And you know what I'm going to do now? Um, I'm not going to get extremely parasocially invested in all the people <laughs> on Dungeons and Daddies. I'm going to discard them and then go find a new podcast to listen to. Don't look I'm them up. Stay away it. from their social medias. You don't I'm not going to follow them on Twitter. I don't give a shit. They entertain me. That's all they exist for in my life. They're nothing besides that. They're nothing but, but people that make me laugh. So be gone. I'm moving on to the next thing. So those are, those are, that's my, that's my segment. Right. Okay. What have you been up to? Uh, so the big one. Oh, oh hell yeah. boy. Here we go. Polly knows what's coming. Let's uh, go. So the next game I plan to play coming out release wise was I, the Somnium files Two, which is end of June. Yep. And I was like, okay, got about a month. What can fit into a month? <laughs> so, uh, the Yakuza games, they have that spinoff called Judgment, the beat 'em up, and yeah. they made a sequel called Lost Judgment. Yeah. And that's not on PC. No. Mm-hmm. Except if you play on Amazon Cloud Luna yeah, service. That would be real fun, I bet. So I signed up for the seven day free trial and was immediately in the world of Lost Judgment, the sequel. Uh-huh. So I watched the opening cutscene. I'm like, okay, this looks really good. I'm very impressed. The menus are snappy. It looks pretty good. And then I got into the game. Uh-oh. Oh, no. And, and I touched the right stick to move the camera. And then the camera moved. Ooh. Oh. Okay, it wasn't actually that long, but it was, like, enough of a delay to almost immediately make me, like, whoa, <laughs> that's not going to play. I, like, bailed so quickly. Oh, man. It's just brutal cloud gaming like again i have a good pc but this game just isn't on pc which is mm-hmm. unfortunate because of fucking like, actor contractual reasons yeah yeah that'll but never be like, on pc because that that, that 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 the company that represents this dude uh is notoriously <laughs> litigious like they would literally sue the pants off of anybody that did any kind of mod like they are yeah ridiculous weird yeah, so the only way to play it is through Amazon Cloud so that you can't mod. It's just a video feed. Yeah. But it was a shame. I Like, uh, cloud gaming, e- even with a good connection, you know, it's just... The Game Pass stuff, yet. I've heard good stuff about the Game Pass stuff. And even, even Taylor in chat says that it works better than that, so... Yeah, I thought Game Pass was just actual downloads. It is, but there is a streaming component. Oh, see, I didn't mm. know that. I think for an action game, like there's stuff like, ironically, Trails of Cold Steel 3 is also on Amazon Luna. Oh, all hey! the like, all the Nisa localized Falcom stuff is on there. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to play Ease 8 with a little bit of lag? Not particular. I mean, I just buy the Switch version then. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, so, yeah, after that was a bust, I immediately w- broke the gla- the broke the broke the emerging 
Well, Try, come on, come on. Sudden. Broke the emergency glass. And yep. started Cold Steel 3. Yes. The game that would definitely <gasps> last exactly a month. Oh, yeah, going to totally last a month. Because this is a... Well, so I was like, okay, if this game's 100 hours long, all I got to do is play like two hours a day. There you go. Easy peasy. Three hours a day for 50 days. I'll, yeah. I'll get through it. And, then, you know, these, these games, they start pretty slow. So the very start, it's like, okay, I might not be hitting that two hours a day. Then immediately, oh, oh. Oh. There was an entire weekend. Oh, there was an entire three-day oh, no. weekend. Oh, no, everything in the story is happening, and it's not stopping oh. happening. Yeah, this one just fucking goes. It hit, It's it hits the gas faster than any other oh, Trails yeah. game, yeah. I think. Even, even faster <laughs> than Owl. And Owl, like, hits the ground running pretty hard. Maybe Cold Steel 2 also. Yeah, Cold Steel 2 has got a pretty fast opening, yeah. Because of how that previous game ends. <laughs> so this one's weird, because... I haven't finished it. I'm mm-hmm. pretty far in, but not even like final chapter far. These are beefy fucking chapters. They are like big chonkers, yeah. So I'm like I've like eighty nine hours on Steam. I'm at the start of chapter four. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking like each chapter feels like a chrono trigger. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're they're big. There's they're so big. much they have to cover. It's like the structure and the repetition is yeah. very similar to Cold Steel 1, but the individual chapters are so much bigger and more convoluted and you have so, you're doing so much more that like the parts where you go back to the school and chill for a bit are like actually this welcome reprieve now instead of like half the yeah. game. Yeah. It's like, oh, I need a fucking hour to just chill from what the <laughs> hell just happened every time. Like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> It is a game of large events. Yeah. So this one feels weird because for the most part, these games have gone in kind of pairs where you have the setup game and the payoff game. Yeah. Like first chapter ends with big cliffhanger and then second chapter. Yeah. And then and then there's third, which is also kind of the oddball one so far. So Mm -hmm. I kind of skip over that. That was, but that one also mostly focuses on Kevin, like his personal story. It's kind of a one-off while also mm-hmm. being a send-off to the Sky characters. Mm-hmm. And then there's Zero and Owl, which is another, you know, duology that doesn't have the giant cliffhanger in the middle. That's the one nice thing about Zero is yeah. does not sequel bait you, you and make you, you scream. Yeah, it gives you the catharsis you want. Yeah. And then there's Cold Steel 1 and 2, which, again, is very similar to first chapter, second chapter, where you will be screaming at your television at the end of first chapter, yeah, at the end yeah. of Cold Steel 1. <laughs> Just the most brutal cliffhanger I've ever seen. And then Cold Steel 3 happens, and you're with, you're, you're playing as old Reen Schwarzer again. Yeah. And it's weird having, like, third game with the same protagonist. Yeah, in the like, world, they don't go, they don't have, do that. Which you haven't really done before because of how third kind of sidestepped at, yeah. even though Estelle mm-hmm. and Joshua were still around. So the main name of the franchise is Legend of Heroes. Yes. And you've always got these like near mythological characters that you look up to. And I noticed that it's kind of a trend where in Sky, it's Cassius Bright, mm-hmm. who is a practitioner of the eight leaves, one blade style. Yep. And then in Zero and Now, it's a. Uh, Arios McLean, who is also a practitioner of that oh, one. That same sword style. That same sword style. I'd rather say that Reen does eight leaves, one blade. 
Hey, guess what? Guess Reen is what? a Reen is an intermediate level of eight leaves, one blade. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what's interesting about this one is that because it is third game in a franchise, because of how Cold Steel 2 went, Reen is that hero now. Yeah. And like he is a national hero. And the game never lets up on that. <laughs> every, and I don't even mean in a bad way, Just, but just every character you meet is like, oh. Well, if it isn't Reen Schwarzer, the Ashen Chevalier. Yeah, they. everybody in the country knows his cool Trails nickname <laughs> yeah. of Ashen Chevalier now. Can you imagine how exhausting this is? It's finally showing you how exhausting it would be to be Cassius Bright. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what's interesting is that like you've always had these characters that are like larger than life and these big heroes, and now you're in that role. And you know, a lot of the other characters are also like, how do I word this? Like characters that have gone through the JRPG yeah. and came out as a hero. Yeah, yeah. And then you have the new characters who are looking up to you as this hero you know, of things that have happened. Well, one of them may not see as much of a hero. She's got a bit of a chip on her shoulder. I mean, for good reason. Yeah, for sure. And then there's the character Ash, who just thinks this guy is hilarious. Yeah. He he recognizes the comedy of the JRPG. Yeah, and just, I love Ash. He is fantastic. He's just like, he is this the guy's guy just, life is a riot. He is the guy laughing at all these people greeting each other with their stupid anime names. And he's just like, y'all are just fucking stupid. He is like, awesome. He is, a, he, is an unsung, he is an unsung hero of Cold Steel 3. He's a real he's a real one in a world of heroes and JRPG tropes. Yeah, and- he's just so like not here for any of it. Oh. A world where legends become reality, yeah. and he's just like, I got built. I don't know. I'm I just got a kid in school. Pay, man. I just want to get. I just want to get through school, man. I don't give yeah. a fuck. <laughs> the other thing about so, the other thing about Cold Steel Three is that it feels like everything's finally coming together. Oh yeah, where you had the Sky Games, which are. Everything came together in there because it was the first one, and then the Crossbell games, which were pretty largely disconnected. Yeah. And then Cold Steel 1 and 2, which take place at the same time as the Crossbell games. They don't really directly influence each other, besides just like, hey, I heard some shit's going down in other country right now in both those games. So finally, Cold Steel 3 is the one that advances the timeline, and then you start meeting characters from the other franchises. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so it's a lot of fan service oh yeah yeah like when that, some of those some of those older characters walk in they get the dramatic 3d pan up and you're just like yes, oh yes yeah. yes yes everybody gets the pan up every every <laughs> the number number of times this game is like now stand for applause character <laughs> yes, is back yes <laughs> but again like for me, being the rare, you know, English fan that has gotten to actually play them in order. Yep. Boy, it's all hitting real for friggin' good. Yeah, it does. It does. Because, like, the way I didn't get spoiled on... That's the other thing, is, like, they drop any pretense of, like, not talking about what is oh, happening yeah, they're in not, games. They're not sugarcoating or talking around anything or, like, calling something like yeah. the incident or that thing yeah. that happened. No, they're just telling you straight up, this is the thing that happened. Yeah, previous games will always be like, oh, and that thing that happened in Liberal, 
a few <laughs> months ago. This one is just like, here is, you know, exactly what happened. Let's in talk about the Orbital how. shutdown phenomenon. They talk about that. They talk about exactly like who the villains in who the villains are in Crossbell were. Cross yeah, yeah. They, they, there's no holding back at this point. It's extremely specific, and the fact that they were like Nisa was like, "It's a good one to start with." Is like, no, oh boy. no. Just because you put that little menu at the start of the game that briefly yeah. summarizes the games that came before it, Nisa, what are you doing? Stop it! You're making it. You're a clown. Stop it. I mean, I'm so glad that somebody picked up the localization after SC. Absolutely. Like, we were worried <laughs> to death when we knew that, like, yeah. uh, when we knew that that, 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 that Exceed was no longer working with Falcom. Like, it was a very mm. tenuous year and a half until they finally God, yeah. announced it. Oof. Again, nothing compared to the five years if he waited for SC, but I now know, I now have a taste yeah. of that. Like, is this ever going to happen? Like, this may actually yeah. never happen. It was real touch and go for a while there, but it, it it's just such a funny game for them to pick up with because of yeah the the mountain of references and callbacks they have, yeah and like just, the, the tr- like that that's why they had to bring aboard all like all of X seeds like people that were keeping all that lore straight so that it would be yeah. in the game and make sense and consistent with the previous games released by X seed. There's even like very specific nicknames that are consistent with the. Uh, the Crossbell fan translations. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, if they were using, like, they might have gone and read through, like, the current fan translations that were existed at that mm-hmm. time, because the Geofront one was not out yet. No. But the fact that everything still lines up, like, almost exactly. There's one nickname that I'm like, oh, I don't remember that, but okay, I'll, I will forgive one single line of dialogue in the entire game so far feeling a little off. A little off. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, this game, it just, the combat, they have changed the combat enough to make it fun again. Yeah. For the first Good. few chapters, then I kind of broke it again. Yeah, like, battle orders <laughs> are entirely fucking broken. Like, so, you can bend that game over your knee without ever needing to pimp your characters out all that much with just battle orders. Mm. So the vibe of this one gave me kind of uh, Valkyria Chronicles vibes because of the school setting you know, it's military school again. Yeah, yeah. And you've got this ragtag group. They're, they're kind of the B squad. Yeah. Which is also very how Valkyria Chronicles felt like, oh, mm. it's just, we're, we're putting together a local army of any kids that want to fight. Yeah. Uh, and then the orders thing is also, they, they have orders in a similar style in Valkyria Chronicles where it's like, hey, everybody does 20% more damage for these turns. Yeah. Or, um, And also both games have like, the cool black haired sniper girl that doesn't talk much. Like <laughs> sometimes these tropes are a little on the nose guys. A bit. <laughs> um, the other thing is that enemies don't just have HP anymore. They have the guard meter. Yep. It's very similar to Neptunia rebirth one. Oh yeah. Yeah. It functions the same way basically. So when you guard break an enemy, they'll be stunned for a few turns and they then, always take critical damage. Yeah, you get, you know, more battle points when you hit them with a normal attack, and it's kind of a rush to do as much damage as possible before they recover. Yeah. But the enemies, some of the bosses towards the start, they are fucking vicious. They're and start real sh- mean, yeah. They will start healing every turn if they're not broken, which yep. is just like, oh my god, what is happening? Like, I've had fights just spiral out of control Completely because I dumped reset. all my resources. 
I dumped all my resources to when an enemy was broken and then failed to kill them. Yeah. And they and they just immediately restore guard, go berserk mode, heal like twenty thousand HP, and I'm just like, oh, Holy the fight, shit. the fight just started over, and yeah. I have no and resources. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cold Steel Three is real bad with that, especially in the opening, yeah. especially when you start now. Like the balance feels a little off. I mean, I'm playing on hard mode, so I'm not going to bitch about it being hard. It was just sure, like, oh, yeah. I I felt like I had started to lose a handle on what was happening. Like I went back and reread the tutorials because I'm like, oh, this guard thing is important, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I, I should, yeah. I need to actually understand because you by default you don't do more damage when an enemy is guard broken. It's just to stun them. Yeah, and then you do start getting courts that are like, hey. Do double damage when its enemy's stunned, which is like, oh, oh now yeah. need, to, need yeah. to be doing that. Yeah, need that shit. They also they nerfed the hell out of S crests. Oh yeah, they don't. They're not gonna be wiping. They're, they're not gonna be doing yeah. like the the, the six well, digits that you were expecting. Yeah. So that was my other problem. Is like I would guard break an enemy and then immediately have everybody pop their S crest, and, like, and it it, w- it's not enough. It's not enough, and now everybody has a huge delay, and I'm like, yeah. oh. Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, the order system really starts to just destroy things later on when it's like, oh, this order does for a few turns. Everybody does three times break damage. Yeah, like this. Some just, of them are very silly. One of so I've I've noticed some characters have the accelerate one that pulls up pulls all other party members up in yep. the turn order. Yep. If you do that when an enemy is broken. Mm-hmm. And then get those points back by attacking some more. Mm-hmm. I think there's one character, I forget who, has a three-cost one. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, you could just keep looping yeah, it forever. Yeah, I am pretty sure there are a lot of easy ways to stun lock certain bosses. Yeah. I had a certain fight. I was trying to, I was stun locking them and like getting like two rotations out. Mm-hmm. And eventually they just go. Anyways, my guard isn't broken anymore. You've done like 10 turns of normal attacks. You can't do uh, this. There's a limit, and the game has had it. Yeah, it, the game just actually said, oh, they're fine now. Like, they just jumped. They just moved ahead in the return order. <laughs> I was just like, okay, that's, that's that, fair. That's, that's probably fair. There's another order that is zero cast spells for yep. six turns. Yep. And then you stack that with really putting a lot of speed on a mage and then having them do cor- and then having them do courts that are like half recovery time, half recovery after, time spell. after the yeah zero, zero cast time half recovery time i've had characters like uh you know my mage is doing like two recovery yep. on a big spell yep so like i pop that and they just attack like five times in a row and it's like oh also gain ep back EP back on magic. Yeah, it's very fucking silly. So it's just like big full screen attack, big full screen, big big. <laughs> just the they, enemies. Broke. They pull those back a little in S in CS4. So yeah, that gets nerfed it's, a bit. It's funny just finding how can I break it today. It's like oh, oh yeah, okay. it was it was a load of fun finding ways to use yeah. not only like you know court setups and, and and accessories but also oh what can i yeah. do with these battle orders now to just make this game cry there's just so much stuff that you look at and go that seems broken well like, I mean, that's, re- that's cold steel's calling card is like everybody is good yeah. <laughs> yeah i think kind of after elden ring i kind of get it or like have a mood now of like 
being strong in a video game that's supposed to be hard is fun. It is! <laughs> like, it makes you feel like the badass certain characters in these series has been built up as is like, oh yeah, I'm going to fight this living legend and win. <laughs> what do you want to do about it? I've got 700% damage criticals. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank Mary Bell for the raid, by the way. Welcome, everybody. We're doing a podcast. We hope, we hope you enjoy. <laughs> uh, so Polly will know I have no idea where the greater story is going here. <laughs> I've been throwing out theories. You got, like, this boy got Cold Steel 3 theories, and I'm just kind of sitting back and enjoying it, because I already know the story for Cold Steel 3 yeah. and 4, so. Yeah, Polly's not, like, leading me on or anything. I was just like, okay, I'm going to throw out, like, three theories here that don't, like, they completely contradict each other. Yeah. Because I got nothing. It's just like, oh, stuff has been in. Mm -hmm. I, why are those here again? How does what this connect to why why how does this connect to zero again like boy a lot's going on and and this every, is, <laughs> this is everybody's story, here this is a story that by the time me iffy and after five had finished cold steel four i think the the dm conversation we had just oh. about that game and, and what it what the implications were for the rest of the series that dm conversation lasted like four days straight oh my god <laughs> there's a lot I don't, I'm not thinking about Cold Steel 4 right now because I'm not, I don't own that one yet. I haven't bought it. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the next game I'm playing. I'm playing uh, Somnium Files 2 and then Xenoblade 3 after this. Yeah, you got and a pack. There's a packed summer yeah. coming up. The summer of JRPG. It real like, this, this summer has got such good stuff on the plate, man. You've got I, the Somnium Files coming out at the end of this month. You've got Xenoblade 3, um, Soul Hackers 2, uh, you're getting the, the, the Western release of Trails to Zero uh, in oh, September. Right. <laughs> I'm going to play that. I'm going to buy and nice. play that. Um, th despite the fact that I've already played it, I just kind of feel like a cross yeah. bell refresher wouldn't hurt. Um, hmm. You played the hmm. PSP version too, right? Yeah, I played the PSP version, so yeah. I'm actually kind of nice eager to... I'm actually eager to kind of play the, the Switch yeah. version. I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to get on the Switch because I like RPGs in, um, yeah. in portable mode on the now. Switch. Yeah. Yeah. If that port is it, the as live good alive as... remake is coming out. Like, like yeah, God, yeah. like there's so much. The games are good. the The PC version of Crossbell that I played was so crisp and good looking. Yeah, like, like I, I played the PSP oh, one, and I kind of wish I would have waited a little bit because yeah. it was kind I mean, of a, just an. Ah, it doesn't look super great. It doesn't perform mm. super great. I didn't have turbo. Um, and, oh, yeah. and the and you had the older jankier translation. Yeah, yeah. Of the very I, I, nice. but it asked if I wanted to go to a jizz bar. <laughs> Oof! Oh, I don't know how they missed that one. That's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, it's a Star Wars reference. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> God damn it! I mean, yeah, I understand not waiting for those though because. Yeah, I you was know, like, I, I was really in the midst of, I was careening headfirst into Trails of Cold Steel 3 coming out. And it's like, okay, yeah. I need to know what's going on here. Like, this is like, if you can play, you can play, like, all the way up to Cold Steel 2 without 100% being in the know about Crossbell. Yeah. But once you yeah. hit Cold Steel 3, like, nah, you, you need, you need Crossbell. You There's just knowledge. things they tell you that are just, oh, okay, you're just open sport. 
this is the game that goes open spoilers. Yep. 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 yep, <laughs> open, yep, yep. <laughs> open spoilers on entire Trails franchise up until this point. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like probably will know there's big second chapter stuff in here as well. Oh, which is, boy. There's a big third reference. I'm just like, wow, they're really just playing the <laughs> the favorites, I guess. Bringing out the greatest hits, but they are, yeah. well, they, but man, they're greatest hits for a reason. Yeah. I just remember when Estelle first shows up in Zero and it literally is like, oh, there's some new bracer requested. It's like from off screen and she <laughs> walks in. And you can just hear the studio like, yay. <laughs> it's great. It, it is great. Yeah. It, hey, you know what? It is great. It is yeah. great. It's Falcom. They do no wrong. It's Falcom. Falcom don't fucking miss. I, I remember yeah. I made a joke where um, if Sonic Team was Falcom, we would just have 12 boost Sonics and like two of them would be complete masterpieces and three of them would be really good and six of them would be pretty good and one of them would be like, eh, it's fine. Eh, it's fine. <laughs> None of them would be bad. Okay, for Xanadu, okay, maybe I'll give you for Xanadu. For Xanadu is kind of... <laughs> was that even... I think that was um, Hudson. Yeah, I think that might have actually been Hudson. It's called yeah, Xanadu because it's Famicom Xanadu, by the way. Because it's oh, fake man. Xanadu. Fake Xanadu. Xanadu. There you go. Yeah, it's Hudson. I'm so that's, so... Like, that's like blaming them for E's four. I'm like, like I want Rhett to just have nothing but time to play Cold Steel three from like this moment on. Knowing where he's at in the story, <laughs> just like I just want him to be playing that all the time and reacting. I mean, what does my Steam say? I have. 88.5 hours yeah since the last podcast God. i've pretty much only been doing that's this pretty since. much about all you've been doing yeah like i had yeah. like a few hours of star wars to finish up and then yeah. immediately dived into this right right that's right, really right. Fucking funny obviously well, you know, it's very fun to keep up with these very with these long-running yes. rpg series with a ton of like story going between from game to game yeah i think that's the thing where it's like this is the one where because it's so highly referential and connected to the others where they stop feeling like individual games at this point and it's just so here's legend of heroes number eight here's another like here's another, another part of the quilt basically yeah here's another adventure with reen yeah your boy yeah boy reen he <laughs> no nah, i'm not gonna say it okay <laughs> he's very similar to lloyd he is, yeah. Like, 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 he's definitely of that similar archetype. Yeah. Just the way, like... I don't... Lloyd's I, less... I don't know. Yeah. There's something, like, where Lloyd feels more grounded to me than Reed. Mm -hmm. I love Lloyd. For, yeah, Lloyd is great. I just think... like I don't love Lloyd here. I don't expect them to make the same game over and over, no, and over no. obviously. But I think the Sky Trilogy, or even the first two specifically are so much stronger because of that love story. Yeah, yeah. And how I, the games after that have just kind of been like, and you play as a guy and can kind of flirt can with any girl you want. The girl. Yeah, I, that's something that I really disliked about Cold Steel and uh, the Crossbow games is like, I wish that like they could have just yeah. been stories that had a set love interest and told a good yeah. love story around mm. this stuff. Because there are so mm. many characters in cold steel that work really well as a love interest if you wanted to write it that way like even the non-obvious yeah. ones like like obviously the obvious one i think that's basically head canon for falcom is obviously elisa 
Like, yeah. that's who they would want. And you could write a great story around that, but I think that there are so many other characters that you could, like, do a very cool story with if you mm-hmm. did something more structured and not just, like, player wish fulfillment, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, you literally get a menu at the end of girls you have, like, or anybody, I guess, with that you have, like, the max bond rating with and get one scene with them. And it's yeah. like, okay, cool. Like, this is the lock-in, <laughs> you're dating them now kind of yeah. thing. And then Cold Steel 3 doesn't import those choices. So it kind of starts <laughs> over. So every, so you meet, well, Alisa gives you a big hug when you meet her in this one. And like, even though you didn't maybe even romance though she was her. the one I totally barely talked to in Cold Steel 1. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, got that big old same. I was just like, oh, you're pretty touchy all of a sudden boy you're being all up in my personal space in a way that makes me a little uncomfortable ma'am so it's like it does have a few like kind of bumpy transitions like that yeah it's like they obviously want that to be the main pick and like the story kind of like it breaks the illusion when like you've obviously taken somebody else's story much farther than you would have taken hers but they kind of like push her in your face anyway yeah how did she compare with Ellie? No. Lifey for lifey. Nothing. No. I always, I, I ditched the prota- the true protagonist love interest. Yeah, like I, I, I didn't do Ellie either in Crash yeah, I, didn't, I didn't do Ellie. Either. Every 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 possible choice I had to pick Ellie, I picked Ellie. Yeah, I didn't I love get her. It. I didn't get. It. I love yeah. her in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Man, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> It just welled up out of me. Just I love it. I love talking it. Talking about it. God, I fucking loved Ellie. They should make another game with Ellie. That maybe they well, will someday, John. Maybe they will. Maybe yeah. you have another one that you haven't played yet. I know. I'm just saying that I really want to play like some long RPG series with like a big syndicated story. Mm. Maybe I can yeah. pick up the maybe. next entry in the trail series. Right. Maybe someday. Yeah. Maybe next year when it comes out. Xenosaga yeah. episode have, two. Let's have, go. Um, do y'all have? <laughs> Do y'all have the, um, uh, the, sorry, the, 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 orig- the fan translation of two of our, the good I, one. I might have it hanging I, around. Th- I, I actually think I pulled those from Geofront's website before, um, they, they took them down. If either of you have them on hand, I would very much like to check. have those available. Okay. Yeah, instead of having to definitely wait until 2023. Yeah, because yeah. I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to get the itch. Getting that itch. Gotcha. All right. So yeah, Cold Steel Three will continue for a bit. And then... Yeah. The, by the next time we're here, you're going to be screaming about it. I I will guarantee you that. Yeah, I, but and then I won't know what to scream because I'll have already exhausted my lungs to you and Iffy. I don't know. We <laughs> screamed about that game for quite a while, too, when it finished. We were just kind of like, what the fuck? I was out. That's one of those games where it was four in the morning when I was finishing it, and I was literally screaming at my TV, what the fuck? <laughs> With the theories I've had, I'm just like, is one of them right? Because there's a very, there's kind of a general direction I'm still thinking there, it's going to go, but I just don't know. Yeah. yeah They're introducing yeah, yeah. more stuff where I'm at, and it's just like, okay, what? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is here. <laughs> it's like everybody's here. Something's got to pop off. Oh, it, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Polly, 
Hey, you got anything to close us out? I got with? some things. I got some things. I um a a a visual novel that I kickstarted last year finally came out, and I've been dinking around with that. I'm not gonna go mm-hmm. too far into it. I haven't mm-hmm. finished it, and I, uh, despite what Steam people would tell you, um, uh, <laughs> like I am I am eight hours into it, and I'm still in Act One. So how people are finishing it in three hours? Uh, I'll, gee, I wonder how they're doing that. Um. <laughs> Uh, it's a game called Corpse Factory. This started I, uh, as you streaming the demo. Yes, this is really one of those things where I streamed the demo blind and was just, this feels really cool. Um, but it's a story that's kind of similar to Jigoku Shoujo uh, Hellgirl, if you uh, mm-hmm. if, if you remember that's the show where you go to a website, plug sure somebody's do. name in, they, they die, but you also go to hell afterward. Um, Corpse Factory takes that idea, and I can see how on the surface it might seem like a ripoff, but when you understand the nature of what, of how that works in this story, it's like, oh, oh no, this is actually something a lot more grounded and a little more terrifying than that. Um, <laughs> oh, more terrifying than going to hell. Uh, it's terrifying because it's just like the way that it's approached is very, very, uh, it's grounded in reality and very cool. Uh, I, that's all okay. I'll say. I will, I'm not going to spoil what exactly the point is, but yeah, we're playing that. We're streaming that. Um, uh, I'm streaming it blind. So it's just kind of like we're going for the ride together and it's, uh, we reached the point to where it's becoming a, a pretty emotional. It's starting to get real, like, uh-oh. Mm. But we got characters weaving some webs. We've got some shit going on that's kind of, like, had us stop in our tracks a few times and just have to scream, what the fuck, at the monitor. <laughs> um, but this is uh, completely satisfying me so far. I'm, I'm absolutely happy to, you know, with, with, with the money that I put into uh, kickstarting it because it just felt like a solid good. vision. And I'm, I'm already satisfied. Got a good feeling that this author is going to stick the landing because they, the writing's just really good so far. So, um, But other than that, uh, I, didn't, I didn't play anything that was, you know, too dark and, and, and too involving. I went a little more lighthearted because it was like, man... Everything sucks right now. I sure could use something to maybe maybe put a little smile yeah. on my face instead. Uh, so yeah, I, I feel that I played through ukulele and the impossible lair. Oh right, yeah. Like I never hey. I never played the original ukulele because I think that banjo kazooie is one of the most intensely boring collectum ups <laughs> I have ever played in my life. And I knew that game was mostly kind of mapped out to basically just be a legally distinct Banjo-Kazooie 3. Um, mm-hmm. So I just never played that one. But I knew... But then Rhett talked about uh, The Impossible Lair, I think, probably sometime last year or so, or maybe the year before. Uh, it's, it's hard to say at this point. No, I remember. It was like April 2020. Oh, like right when we were going in. I think I played it during like the layoffs that uh, happened. Yeah, so, so, so. But this one jumped out at me because the premise was just really cool at first. Like, the idea of, like, there's this 25 to 30 minute level that you can challenge at any time. And it's comprised of the toughest possible, like, timing and platforming challenges that they Mm -hmm. can possibly throw at you. And you spend the game basically collecting bees from every level, like, that, like, basically serve as shield and hit points to get through it. And it was just like, mm-hmm. that sounds like a really cool idea. Like, you could you could have a lot of fun with just that base idea. I mean, just the idea of, like, an impossible level, this big level yeah. that's just like, you go in the first time and you're just like, 
This is the most fucked up thing I've tried. To what is this shit? This is impossible. <laughs> Isn't it like literally the first level too? It's like right at the start. Yeah, like they start you right out. Um, and it's like, Jesus Christ. Um, so the main game, like it, it's kind of like just your, your typical like hop and bop platformer with like some fun rolling into enemies mechanics. Like a lot of this shit is really kind of just ripped straight from Donkey Kong Country. Like yeah, you can't like let's not even beat around the bush. Like like the 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 this game lives entirely on being a derivative of Donkey Kong Country. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I like thing. Donkey Kong Country. I like Donkey Kong Country. The only real difference I think between this game and 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 recent and especially the recent DKC games with um um returns and what was it Tropical oh. Freeze? Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, is that um this game is like. This game is lighter, um, and 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 like it, it, it's it's also tighter. Um, whereas, like, this is a game where you can and will be required to do things like stop on a fucking dime and and do things very precise. Whereas Donkey Kong Country games, they're very weighty. They got like a lot of momentum behind them. Um, whereas, like, this game's really kind of like arcadey and tight, and it's got like a. It, it definitely is a feeling. I, I prefer this how this game feels to. Um, uh, at least tropical, uh, or at least a uh, 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 frozen. What was it? Tropical freeze. Yeah, I think I, that's the I one. borrowed it from somebody just to kind of. Uh, I borrowed it from somebody to okay. kind of like compare uh, because I because I was uh, on my way to finishing this and I was like maybe I want to feel more of this so I borrowed uh, tropical freeze off of somebody uh, and I've kind of like been playing around with that a little bit and it's just like oh like yeah this is like way heavier and it feels a little uh. weird coming off of this one. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just like like this one's just like real snappy but like i think that like dkc like you need to have a little more forethought with the way you're moving through levels and stuff um and uh the thing with this game and and i think that's the thing that continued to surprise me from start to finish is i think like the the, the level designs are just super top notch like this is not like it doesn't have as many like fancy gimmicks or like crazy like like fun like camera tricks and stuff that the new DKC games do. It doesn't have a lot of like gimmicks or any kind of like mountables things like that. Um, but I think like the Impossible Air like has a small set of mechanics where like it, it it takes the mechanics that it does have and it rings so many gameplay deviations out of them but by the time you get to the end of the game you'd look at all these mechanics and like yeah like there's literally nothing else you could have done with these tools that you have um the levels just continued to surprise me with like how clever they were from start to finish really mm -hmm. like just really super good like uh, level design, like that, that back and forth, hop and bop kind of thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and basically, I think like what I like is that like it's a game where the idea is that it's on the back of the level designs themselves to adequately kind of like train you and, and build you up to having the skills and the know-how so that when you see like the tricks and the traps in the last level of the game, you know what to do. You may not be able mm -hmm. to execute it the first time, but you will never look at something when you get there and be like, I don't know what I need to do there because they, the level designs in this game just like get like it's it, like the difficulty curve is it's one of the most consistent that I have experienced in one of these games. I think like 
um, in this game that it just kind of like it builds to that climax in a way so that when you finally enter the impossible layer, it's like it will kick your ass, but you will adapt very quickly to the things that you need to do because it's using familiar language without having to just like repeat um, without having to repeat the same set pieces or something or just making you go through a greatest hits. It's just like, no, we've created an entire we've created the hardest fucking possible version of these challenges. Um, and you will know how to do them by the time you get here because we have trained you to do it. And I think that the, that's my favorite part of the game is that, like, you feel yourself get progressively better. You feel yourself get progressively cool. confident in in the way that you approach even the normal levels. Because, like, when I started playing this game, like, I think this game actually starts out a bit harder than your typical Mario or DKC fare. Um and I started out, I was kind of just walking everywhere, you know, taking it a little slow. But, like, by the time I got, like, eight levels in, I'm fucking rolling everywhere. I'm high jumping off of every enemy I can. Like, I'm trying to do everything as, like, fucking silly and crazy as I possibly can. Like, I'm that person that, like, I'm going to stop and get the extra feathers in the stage because, yeah, it's just like a 10, 10 15 second little detour and it's not necessary, but it's like, I want to do that because it feels like I'm doing something cool with these skills that I'm continuously getting better at uh, by, like, playing as dangerously as possible. And I think that, like, that really feels good taking that vibe into the final level and, like, I only needed, like, I think I only failed the impossible air, like, four times. Uh, and I finished the game with like two B's, I think. So it's still oh. fucking hard. <laughs> Even when you know it, it's still fucking hard. And man, oh man, does that game got a climax? It feels real fucking good. Oh yeah, <laughs> the climax is so good. I was, I got to the end of this game, and I was like, my it. You know, you're fighting the final boss, you're having that moment, and then you hit another moment, and it's just like, my heart literally jumped out of my chest, I paused the game, and just, like, sent Rhett a message to me, like, oh, we're <laughs> fucking doing this, huh? And it's like, oh yeah. my god, for, like, the next two or three minutes, my heart's just pounding out of my fucking chest, and I'm just like, go, 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 and you're just, you like, you're utilizing the most fundamental skills at this point. Uh, that the game has taught you, and you've just gotta be good at it, and then, like, you do it, and it feels so good! You sent me that message at work, and then for, like, the next five minutes, I'm just like, okay. Please, please, please don't my, fail. My, my favorite part of the game is either gonna land for her, uh-huh. or I'm gonna get a message, I Fuck die, have, have to redo the entire layer, Fuck this. <laughs> they give you, um, they give you checkpoints um, throughout like so you can like mm. so you get to like you clear one area after like uh one of the mini boss fights and then like uh-huh. if you if you die you can continue from that area right after the mini boss with the number of bees that you had at that point so you could like feasibly go back to that first checkpoint redo it and then come back and be like oh okay now i have more bees going like you could do it like that but i didn't want to do it like that <laughs> i did mm. it the hard way <laughs> Like, did, nope. they add, did they add okay. that in after the fact? I think that so, might have been added. <laughs> okay. They added that almost like two days after I beat it. Oh, okay, that's okay. what I remember. I thought I remember there being something like that. That's I, funny. I looked it up and I found an, an article from April 9th, 2020. And I had just said I played it April 2020. Yeah. I did not have checkpoints available. Yeah. I, played it. I was just like, 
Oh, they they made the best part easier. Let yeah, me... I didn't like. I, I I saw it and it was just like ah, oh, like because when I got to the end of the game, when I got to the end of the game, it was like twenty two hours or so, and I was like, I kind of had had an, a bit of enough of this yeah. kind of gameplay, but I was just like, I don't want to ruin this. Like I like mm-hmm. I could take this, I could you know do these checkpoints and just get better yeah. and better and give myself a bunch of bees to go into the final part of the game. But I was like, I don't really like that. Yeah. It, just, it just didn't feel good, so I just. I'm kinda... glad. Yeah, I'm glad it's not like completely shoved in your face. Yeah, it's not like you have to actually yeah. like you know like it's it's not something you can accidentally do. They kind of make like, are you sure you want to use a mess- checkpoints? <laughs> they have a message that's like, now this is not the way that we really really <laughs> intended oh, this game to be played. Really? <laughs> no, it just it just, oh, it, just oh. it just says yeah. like, do you want to do this with checkpoints or no? Yeah. I looked in my diary. I finished the game March 27th, 2020, and then April 9th. Oh, wow. Like, that's pretty fucking close to the wire. Yeah. They added those checkpoints in. So the thing about this game is that you have the HP for the final level, the bee shield. Yeah. (laughs) Literally just a bunch of bees. In the normal game, though, when you get hit and your bat partner flies away, you can grab it again. To kind of get that but hit point she's back. So erratic, I could never get her back. So when I beat the final level, the impossible lair, uh-huh. I had zero bees because <gasps> for that it for that entire last part. Oh my god! I was grabbing the bat over and over like ten times. I managed <laughs> to do it. It was divine. Oh, that's fucking crazy. God, I had so many problems getting Laylee back. Like, I just, like, every, oh, yeah. there was a certain point where I was just like, fuck it, I'm not even trying. If I get hit, fuck her. I don't care. If there is some specific, like, make the AI a little more forgiving in the impossible there that yeah. activated, sure. Because, like, during that last part, it was like, oh, I'm screwed. I'd, oh, I got her back. I can't believe it. I That <laughs> shocks me that you got her. Because, it because her so timer, crazy. Her timer, like, gets more strict every time she every time you drop her. So, like, when you drop her, like, that that timer gets, like, cut by a fourth and then by a third. Oh and then, so, it just, like, by the time you've dropped her, like, four or five times, she's just immediately gone. That's pretty much what was happening. Oh, that's I know, crazy. I don't know how I finished it. That's that awesome. Run. That that, that sounds it, like an amazing. And it was pre-checkpoint where I was, there was no option. Yeah, other than like to- you'd have to just do that last 28 minutes all over again. The impossible layer is good as fuck. I didn't like the ice level, the ice portion. I think it drags on way too long and I think it is way too yeah. hard, but that's my only complaint about it. Like other than that, like I felt like this game's difficulty curve and like most of the stuff that it asks of you is pretty fair. I think that the placement of some of the, 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 the hidden twit coins is kind of bullshit and not telegraphed very well. Um, but you only need like 60 to finish the game. So it's not a big deal. And there's 200. So. Oof. <laughs> There's like there's they five love- in every level and there's basically forty levels. So oh right right, but but I but, just, but, I, but. Just, I forgot the name Twitcoin. Yeah, it's like it stands oh, for oh. like trouser. It's it's got something to do. He's a, he's a snake that, that he's a snake that wears pants and is he's named a trouser snake. I forgot <laughs> about the very British humor in this. This game's got great. Yeah, I loved it. I fucking loved. There are so many moments of actual humor in this game that I just like. like did you did, did you uh? help trouser finish his house i don't remember is that the fourth tonic slot yeah yeah that's a great that's a great gag where you 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 can equip three tonics normally which are just little gameplay boosts that help you out a little bit 
And when you finish Trouser's side quest, he gives you a fourth tonic slot. But the only way you can get the fourth tonic slot is by equipping the tonic to do it. <laughs> uh, you also burn his house down. Yeah. He orders a grill and it sets his house on fire. <laughs> that's how you open the la- that's how you open the last set of levels. That's so choice. Um, but, but um yeah the, the overworld stuff is really fun the, oh okay okay the overworld is basically where this game shits on every single mario or donkey kong country game with an overworld in the last 15 to 20 years yeah because this overworld is its own like big and really cleverly thought out little adventure with like puzzles mm-hmm. that you can figure out to, to 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 unlock the second version of every level so, so every level in the game has a second version that you use the overworld to unlock. And it feels genuinely rewarding because it was genuinely rewarding and fun to engage with because like the, the alternate versions of the levels aren't just like, oh, it's reversed now or like uh, the enemies have another hit point or something. Like it's an entirely new level with like, that's kind of like a remix of the design and gimmicks, but they're completely reimagined and recontextualized. So there's like 20 levels, but there's like 40 now. Ba-bam! Yeah. And like, they're all like really fucking cool and clever. Like, they get a lot of use out of their assets uh, with this game. And it's just like, yeah, it's super, super fucking smart. Um, and, 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 there's like there's lot there's like secret bees that you can find playing around in the overworld. Uh, there are secret exits in some of the levels that'll take you to parts of the overworld where you can't normally get to. Uh, and it's just like like the overworld being something other than just a, a level select. Yeah, uh, it took me complete because I don't even remember if Rhett mentioned this like when he talked about it. Because Listen, it, I I don't remember anything from 2020. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> big fucking understandable. But yeah, it it completely caught me off guard with how involved all of the uh, all of the overworld stuff was. I was not expecting it to be anything but a glorified way for for them to get their humor in, to get to get all their NPCs out, to have fun telling jokes. To, to, and that would have been fine if yeah, it was like this funny diversion. Yeah, because like the the writing is genuinely pretty funny in this game. Um, yeah, but it's like it is like this little game into itself, like how to unlock the other stuff. Yeah, like it all feeds into it. Like it's very like like it's maybe not as as precise and concise and perfectly fit together as something like East Eight, where all the systems fit and they all kind of mean something to one another. But this game is very. Mm-hmm similar to that and like a lot of the systems play into each other and everything kind of feels like it feeds everything like the only time that it doesn't is that you can't use tonics on in, in the impossible lair like that's kind of ah. like the only so like you can use tonics and stuff like on every other part of the game but like you can't in the impossible lair so that kind of is like the one kind of weird disconnect where it's just like well mm-hmm. okay i mean it's fine it's not a big deal at all i don't think tonics are needed at all for the most part i just think some of them are really great like the one that lets you collect the feathers without having to get close to them <laughs> uh but yeah like this game God, this is one of the best platformers I've played in a long day. This is probably the best platformer I've played since probably Celeste. Um, That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, just just like everything about it, just like it's 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 tone, 
uh, the, the the cleverness of the of the level design, like the the way that it challenged me, I liked the way that it challenged me, like the, to to just continually get better. Uh, it's also got it's also like it also shows a bit of mercy where if you die like t- five or ten times at the same checkpoint, they'll let you just skip to the next one. Uh, if that's a thing mm-hmm. that you want to do, I never did it, but it's just like, oh, you know what? Glad that's there. That you can't do that in the impossible layer, which is weird because you know if you're going to have accessibility <laughs> options and things like that, they should maybe extend to the rest of the game. But like nothing in the impossible layer like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Ukulele and the Impossible Layer is just a super fucking solid little game that like I knew it was probably going to be good because I like Rhett talked pretty highly of it, and when like Rhett talks mm-hmm. good on you know platformers, I I tend to listen. Um, and like this, this definitely, this definitely hit me in the uh, hit, hit me just right. Like I said, I borrowed uh, Tropical Freeze from a friend, and I've been thinking around with it. I just don't like how it feels compared to this. So like maybe if I yeah. uh, maybe if I get a, a little distance away from this, uh, and then try. What did you think of Tropical Freeze, right? Once you started talking about uh, Banjo Kazooie again, I was like, yeah. I think I like that more than Tropical Freeze. Yeah. Even just... though I, I did everything in Tropical Freeze, like it, it's much more punishing. I think overall, mm-hmm. like that is a hard game, especially like the bonus world at the end and the bosses. Mm-hmm. Like Ukulele has the impossible there, but I think it is a much more like it you spends... said the difficulty curve is yeah. Like it spends there. its entire game building up to that last twenty eight minutes, whereas mm-hmm. it sounds like Donkey Kong Country kind of gets there a lot faster uh, and yeah. kind of just maintains it. Like Ukulele is the less polished game. Like yeah, the music and visuals in Donkey Kong are like stunning. I think I the music think in this game is great. Fun. I think the music in Ukulele is fan fucking tastic. I fucking love this soundtrack. <laughs> cool. I mean, you can be wrong all you want. I, I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying that Tropical Freeze's soundtrack isn't great. I don't know yet. <laughs> this re- this feels like a giant bomb game of the year discussion. I think Dan Riker was always standing for Tropical Freeze's soundtrack, and the others were like, "It's mm, fine, all right, <laughs> all right." Like I haven't really heard enough of it. I've only played one world of Tropical Freeze, yeah, okay. so so so. Like I know there that, are like, some really me- yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm There's totally, some very neat levels in that game. Yeah, I'm I'm you know, yeah, I just I think I need to get away from banjo for a yeah. or not banjo, fucking I need to get away from ukulele for a bit. I don't want to like be constantly yeah. comparing. Y'all trained those. up on that a couple times and yeah. it's pretty funny. I, I just I don't wanna I don't want this game I, I don't want this game influencing how I approach that other game. I've kind of learned that I do that now and it's kind of a behavior I want to get away from when trying to enjoy things for what they are instead of what yeah. I want them to be. Yeah. I tried to resist starting another um, D&D podcast right away because I was yeah. like, uh, <laughs> let's hold off. Maybe put I it down it, for a bit. I think it makes sense with these two because they are so specifically, hey, Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, it's literally like these two are, yeah, this is literally so yeah. much like same game. Like they have, like you, they both even have the ridiculous roll off a platform and you still able to fucking jump like a yeah. half a year later. It feels oh, good. It's a great a, mechanic. It's a fuck. It's it's, a, a it's the wildest coyote time ever. Yeah, they really. I think in Tropical Freeze you have to like really push it at points. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love that mechanic in in, in ukulele. So. Yeah, cool. like I, I think I'll be probably happy with that game. I, I'll probably be happy with Tropical Freeze once I get a little bit of time away from 
how yeah. I, I really just like the snappiness and 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 how fast uh, to react ukulele is. So yeah, yeah, ukulele and impossible air, absolutely, just solid. Can't go wrong. Cool. And is that a podcast? It sounds like a podcast to me. I think that's a podcast. It does seem like a podcast, but we will catch you again in another three weeks, hopefully. Hopefully you'll stay sane. Hey, man, we, I think we will uh, We will at the very least be starting I, the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative by then. I don't know. We'll, we will have played enough to talk about it. That's kind of like the big thing, and that's literally in like, what, two weeks now? Something like that? Yeah, like two or three weeks. Cool. But yeah. Awesome. So that'll be great. That'll definitely be something. And I'll have probably finished Corpse Factory by then. So definitely some stuff to catch up on. Games are good. Yeah, games are fine. Games are good. All that fun stuff. So we'll go ahead and we'll start getting ourselves on out of here. But before we do, John Thire, why don't you tell the Internet folks at home where they can find you? Farawaytimes.com. No, wait, farawaytimes.itch.io. Does farawaytimes.com not work anymore? Oh, it still works. It just links to the itch. Well, why wouldn't you just say farawaytimes.com? Like, that's the fastest. It doesn't It doesn't redirect to the itch. It just oh. has a link to it at the top. Why don't you just set up a redirect then? I should probably do that. That would probably I didn't be think the about smarter it until thing. Just and now. then you could have, like, you could literally have a business card that just says, hey, farawaytimes.com. That makes sense. Oh. It's all the old games, and then it just says newer games available on itch.io. Oh, yeah! I remember looking at that a while back and being like, you just gave up on updating this, didn't you? Yes! It's, it's oh, a pain but, in the ass to update it in multiple places. But think, you could design exactly how many games are in each column. You could. You could make the perfect You could grid. make the perfect website. I complained on the internet about the grid and then the admin of itch.io went and gave gave me some custom css and implemented an extra bit of css to let me set it up just how i wanted it oh well there you go that, very that's, nice that's uh that's good stuff right there yeah that's service that's service i was very moved service with a smile can't yeah. argue with that he's smiling in his profile picture is why i said that so. it's true yeah wait i'm no, the dude that changed your thing. Oh, yes. Yeah, I remember him smiling. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Rhett! Watch more anime. Watch more anime, just in general. Yeah. Not even yeah. like a Symphogear, not even a review Starlight. Just, yo, just go do watch some anime. Yeah. Watch more anime. Anime's great. I know, I guess your call off on, sign off on the other podcast is listen to more Death Grips. Listen to more Death to... Grips, yeah. <laughs> Go there. Watch, the watch, watch more Simpho Gear. Watch more Simpho Gear. Uh, all right. And you can find me at twitch.tv slash polyhead. That's where I get into all my dumb stuff. We will be cruising right along on our Corpse Factory playthrough in the coming week. We're going to probably wrap that this week. I can't imagine that game being 25 hours long. I know that's longer than four. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> We're going to get out of here. Yeah. Can't get your Steam refund now. No, no. That's why they're mad. That's why they're mad. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for listening. We love you guys a lot. But remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you.